0: must be from New York. Yeah, well, you could definitely tell that. Four, three, two... And we're live, John Joseph. What's What's up, brother? How are you, man? Yo, this is like... I'm excited. Yeah, man. And I'm excited, too, for... I think it could set a nice precedent because there's so much fucking toxic energy between vegans and non-vegans. Even if we're just joking around, people get so fucking
1: angry, and it's not necessary. Absolutely, I mean... Where's the humor? Where's the comedy? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I don't sit around call like, I'm not defined by what the fuck I eat. Like, like this dude said, how come you don't call yourself a vegan? I'm like, because I do a lot more shit than just eat plant-based food. It's part of what I do.
0: But don't you call yourself a vegan? I mean, you are a vegan, right?
1: Uh, I practice that uh, lifestyle for sure, but I don't call myself a vegan. I'm, That's I, interesting. I would say, I, people say, uh, you know how do you I la- I don't like to put any type of material Labels. label on myself and if somebody says you know to me and pushes the issue I'm like I'm more of a hari krishna bhakti yoga person than I am a vegan you know even though I don't wear animal products I don't use animal products I I eat a plant-based diet 100% um but uh to call myself that just puts me in some you know some shelf oh it's just another vegan or whatever the fuck you know it's just well you
0: know it seems to me it's like people are always searching for an identity and if they have an identity that you know i'm a i'm a carnivore i'm on the carnivore diet which is all the latest trend right and then people get really hopped up on that and that's all they want to do is talk carnivore diet so the, the the difference between what's happening right now with this carnivore diet and vegans Seems very similar to me in that they're very into the identity of their food. Right. Not, not their food choices, but certainly into the fact that this is how they identify. They talk about it all the time. Yeah. And I just think there's, there's pitfalls in that. There's like traps that people fall into where they lock their identity into a group. Absolutely. And this is what happens with vegans. It happens to hunters. It happens with uh, re- Republicans. It happens with Democrats. It just becomes a, a group thing. And then you automatically oppose people the other group. And you you have like you have a conflict with them you have hate with them.
1: Do we need more walls? We don't need more we walls. We don't. And and I'll tell you what really got it for me. Uh, and and I started doing this in '81 before anybody. I came out of incarceration. I came out of abusive foster homes. My father was a professional fighter. Uh, tried to murder my mom. Beat her continuously. I didn't even find out I, I, you know that I was I was conceived out of a rape from him on my mom. So getting locked up, hitting the streets, and then meeting the Bad Brains in 1980 and seeing them and who they were surrounded by. It was a lot of, uh, you know, people who were into very metaphysical stuff. So I got into the yoga. And I know you've been doing yoga now, too. So one of the first tenets of the yoga practice, which slams all of this this label shit, is Aham Brahmasmi that I'm actually... my identity is a spirit soul beyond anything in the material world, any label you want to put on yourself. So that's really where I come from with the whole thing. And I think the toxicity level that is existing now just because of what people fucking, you know, choose to eat. I mean, I have my issues with uh, certain things that are being done because because of the condition of the planet and we're not being good custodians of this planet that we're in charge for kids and future generations, what's being done now. There's industries that are destroying the planet. Uh, like, you know, some of it is irreparable uh, damage being done. But I really try to keep it metaphysical uh, with everything I do and who I help. I mean, I'm working on a documentary right now. I hear 30 to life with hardcore fucking ex-cons that just did 20, 25 years, 30 years, if I go in there trying to preach some some vegan shit to them, I'm, I'm coming at them like yeah. a fucking, like, yo, dude, this is where I've been. I, I've been where you are. People help me, and I'm I'm here to help you. I, we didn't start out, you know, we don't even say, you know, we, we say, you know, plant, we're going to put you on a plant-based diet. What are you going to do? Tell them, don't wear leather fucking shoes. Don't do this, don't do... You know, and the whole thing, even when Jay-Z and Beyonce, it's never enough, okay? They went and, you know, they said vegan, right? Okay, we're practicing a vegan diet. We're doing a 30-day vegan diet. So what do the vegans do? Attack them. Oh, but they're wearing fucking leather. And it, it's, you have to be able to fan the spark. So if you see some goodness in someone... You have to be able to fan that spark, not throw water on it. And that's the problem that's being done is people are so judgmental because they've built these walls, the walls between them, that um, it's just fault-finding. And I was telling the guys I trained them this morning, we're doing this 30 to life with Kip Anderson, and uh, we're at the Amity Foundation where these guys got paroled. And I said, look, there's two types of mentality in the world – There's the B mentality that's looking for the sweet and the good in people, and then there's the flies, and they're looking for the shit. I said, when you see shit on a sidewalk and a dog takes a shit, or in New York, uh, uh, you know, a human (laughs) takes a shit, within a matter of fucking 20 seconds, there's flies on that motherfucker. So I try to roll with the PMA, which I learned from Bad Brains, Positive Mental Attitude, which um, Napoleon Hill, H.R. copped it from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich and all those books on self-help. And it was like he told me no matter what circumstances you may be in, and I was in the Navy at the time in Norfolk, fucking smuggling fucking up catching cases came out of took took navy over going back to jail and i was fucking up i didn't know what to do fucked out of my mind hanging out with henry rollins and ian Mackay and all those guys in the dc hardcore scene and new york punk scene and you know hanging with john belushi on fear that night we were the ones that wrecked the set of saturday night live and just you know the just doing crazy shit and He was just told me, you know, whatever you may be going through in life, if you keep a positive mental attitude, you could get through anything. So how am I going to criticize people just because you eat meat or do whatever? It's like, you know, and some of these people are hardcore Christians and it's like you're supposed to say, hey, what, you know, hate the sin, not the sinner or whatever the fuck that whole philosophy deals with. I mean, my point is i'm I'm trying to knock down the walls between people and unify people. So I
0: think what you do good is you you're a very positive role model in terms of hard work, in terms of your 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 mental fortitude and how you approach things. And I think people need that. And I think one of the things that's going on right now with social media and one of the reasons why people will attack Jay-Z for wearing leather shoes, even though they're, they're, they're looking to stand out. They're looking to be virtuous. They're looking to be the person that's more virtuous than the person we're pointing a finger at. Man, fuck them. And there's always a lot of fuck people who aren't this or fuck people who aren't that. I should never say fuck people because people they right. are they're just like you. They're human beings and everybody's on a different path. Tell me why you believe the way you believe. Tell me why you think the way you think, and I'll tell you why I think the way I think, and I bet we'll find common ground. And that's what human beings need to do more with each other. The problem with social media is it gives them this unusual platform to get people to pay attention to their ideas, when maybe their ideas aren't even that good, or maybe their ideas are very obvious. You know, like you're going to point at someone, hey, man, you know, you shouldn't say this word. Hey, man, you shouldn't do this thing, because... That we've decided that that's a bad thing, we've decided that that's like, culturally unacceptable anymore, and now everyone's going to attack for that very reason. Instead of describing how they feel, what makes them feel when they say something, what makes them feel when they do things, where, what's going on in their head, so we can all relate on common ground, people just want to attack. And it's, it's a big po- problem with what's going—social media is way too young, it's a new thing. And people are using it in these really fucked up ways. They don't exactly know what they're doing while they're doing it. They're not even aware of the effect of their printed word, what it's going to have. That's why you have so many trolls and so many mean people and so many people just trying to get a rise out of someone. They're not even aware of the this process they're setting in motion. They just know they could push a button and watch something happen. They're just going, "Woo, woo. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is this is a lot of what's going on today.
1: I mean, and some of this stuff is is. Destroying people's lives, yes. what they're fucking doing. They don't. They don't realize that. Um, you know, it, it's it's a shame because, uh, like, when I was growing up, we didn't have social media. There was no motherfucking internet. There was no none of. You know, I remember I had the first pager. It was fucking, you know, gigantic. Yeah. So like, we didn't even have no internet. Everything was, you know, word of mouth. And if you wanted to catch shows, if you wanted to do this, if you had a beef with somebody. You didn't go on fucking social media and talk a bunch of bullshit. You fucking walked up to the person and you said, "Hey, here I am." And what the fuck? Let's let's deal with this. Let's talk about it. Talk it out. But now you got people buying followers and doing other. Yeah. It's just that it's, you know, it's just the most toxic environment in a lot of ways, and it's a shame because it could be used. And that's why I never post negative shit. I try to use the platform. You know, make lighter shit, not have a stick up your ass. There's too many people that do even the plant-based vegan thing, and everything's so fucking serious. I'm like, you might reach more people if you lightened up. You know, like like yeah. stripes, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> you know, fucking <laughs> yeah. I, if I, you t- I, if you say. You eat meat, I'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you
0: did write a book called "Meat Is for Pussies." Well, I will
1: tell you how that came about. And (laughs) and and actually, I got attacked. I'm gonna tell you something else. You want to talk about destroying people? I got attacked more by the vegan feminists for that book. Fucking tried to destroy me. They wrote wrote everybody because I wrote Mm. puss. Now, first of all, and then she uh, she went on a blog and called me a misogynistic. I said, yeah, I like massages, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but. You know, called me a misogynistic scumbag and a fucking piece of shit and all this. So I just had, I just wrote, uh, hey, any of you ladies that bought this book for the for their fellas and it helped them, please fucking holler at this fucking woman and tell us something. They shut her fucking blog down. And then she called me a maniac. And I said, listen. She called you a maniac? Yeah, because call- you sent
0: people on her the way yeah, she sent people on you. But
1: dig this. And then I said, we have a, we have a saying on the streets in New York back in the day, don't start none and there won't be none. So I said, yeah. you know. But the thing was, I'm going to tell you how that book title came about cuz it was a woman, actually Karen Rinaldi from uh HarperCollins, Wave. And what happened was uh I was training at Crunch. Aaron uh Dr- uh Drago Zanuski is my trainer and he's got me through all my fucking Ironmans, everything. I was a fucking broken up person, injuries, all this shit. So I'm work I was working at Crunch and training with him. And then another person, a friend of mine, all the five points guys used to be there. You would see them all. They had a ring on the second floor. So this guy was doing pad work and I'm telling him, hey, you know, listen, man, you got a fight coming up, man. Get on the chlorophyll, get on the wheatgrass, get on, you know, eat as much recovery foods as you can. That's going to fight inflammation. So some fucking mama Luke with fucking 1980s tiger stripe pants fucking. (laughs) Yeah, fucking, you know, you're like he, he just took everything out of context. And then he's like. Yeah, fucking uh, people that don't eat meat are fucking pussies. And I'm like, uh, yo, you got like 50 pounds on me, but if you want to put some here and, and, and get in the ring, I'll, I'll oblige you. He's like, what? I said, I don't eat meat, bro. And then the funny shit with the whole book title was it was going to be called the Grow Green Road to Health, Fitness, and Longevity. And my <laughs> business partner, Todd Irwin, goes, Motherfucker, who are you? Dr. Oz? Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that book from you. You're John Bloodclot Joseph, singer from the Crow Mags. They want and he then, then for I, pussies. They, and, and, and then I said, Yeah. I said, Yeah, this motherfucker was like you know, saying fucking people that don't eat me are pussies. I'm like, motherfucker, that dude ain't probably ain't seen his dick in fucking ten years. He was overweight and all this shit. I was like, that motherfucker's the pussy. And he's like, yo, you know what? Throw it back in his face. And I was like, I don't know, man. That's, you know, that's you know, pretty fucking bold statement. He said, do it, do it. So we released. <laughs> <laughs> so right away, the fucking emails and the that's toxicity of the that vegans. That way, yo, that's how it started. And then we, uh, our agent. Dan, uh, we got hooked up with um, this guy, uh, Dan from ICM. He's like, Met my business partner In the Hamptons He's like yo That book is fucking dope Man I think we could Get a deal Within a week He had four offers So you wrote it first Yeah I wrote it first And oh. we put it out So What was the
0: thought process Behind writing it You just had a, a lot of Shit in your head You just wanted to get out
1: Yeah well I studied Writing under Robert McKee So I wrote my memoir first Interesting Yeah story I, I fucking That guy's like my guru For writing I, I, took, I took the story seminar great Twice guru. He's fucking amazing I mean Brian Cox's Portrayal of him In, mm-hmm. in fucking in uh, adaptation fucking brilliant mm-hmm. spot on so and you know I, I actually became friends with uh, Robert with Mr. McKee I would, he smoked like crazy really I, yeah he smoked cigarettes like a fucking chimney a lot of writers do man. yeah but not during the class so when he had the breaks he would fucking do like two three cigarettes I said you know my friend has an organic green tea extract company and the polyphenols in that is gonna counteract all your fucking smoking shit that you're doing so I gave him five bottles, and then every time he would call, him, he would have his people call. Yo, you know that guy, fucking McGowan. Get him to bring me some more of that green tea shit. And Did
0: he quit smoking? I don't know. I haven't seen him in. The a problem one. is, it gives them a charge. It gives <laughs> them, a, you know, a nootropic charge. Yeah, it fires up your brain.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, you ever smoke a cigarette? Man, I smoke like crazy. I used to smoke cools in, in, in lockup and shit, like you know, because that's what they give you in Spafford. And uh, and when I went upstate, it was Cools. why like did you quit? I quit because I started boxing in lockup. And they would have us run this fucking hill called Suicide Hill. And I would be fucking puking. And I was like, I got to quit fucking smoking. So I quit smoking. Be- they used to do smoker fights in the lockup. So if you had a beef with somebody, you went into this... Rec Room was about... Explain
0: smokers th- to people. They don't know what that means.
1: Smoker fights means you just have a beef with somebody and you could just throw on the gloves and, and go at it. And as long as it's, like, reasonably within 20 pounds of a weight difference, yeah. like, you know, although in lockup I saw people, much bigger people, uh, fighting much smaller people. And some of them guys, I mean, I, w- I was not good. I got I would fight... The black dudes and they would just beat the shit out of me, but I would just keep coming back. You know, I'm Irish. I don't quit, man. I was and and then you know I learned more of the the sweet science and you know went into the navy and and uh, so you
0: quit smoking just for boxing. Just yeah, I get quit. I quit
1: smoking. Uh, yeah, for that for that reason. But when I was locked up, I didn't quit almost to the end because toward the end of your uh, sentence, they allow you to go home because they want to reintegrate you back with your family or whatever. And I never grew up with my mom, so they would send us home. So we would take the carton of cigarettes and open it up very carefully, open up the cellophane carefully, slide the cellophane down and put joints inside the cigarette pack, slide it back up, glue it, close the carton of cigarettes, and that's how we would get the weed back from the visits uh, cuz I wasn't smoking weed coming back out of nobody's ass that was not <laughs> that. I'm like no thank you so uh that you know so that was the process and um you know so that's why that's why I quit but that's the book came uh I, I had a lot of shit uh a lot of demons inside of me from what happened to me me and my two brothers uh was you know pretty severely abused in all kinds of ways in his foster home physically mentally sexually abused by the older kids in the home it was fucked up and I never told anybody but that was always something no matter how much I lived as a monk for two years a Hare Krishna monk nothing uh cured that fucking anger that was inside of me that I had toward these people for what they did to me and the secret of like yo it's fucked up to say like yo yo you're this dude from the streets you had knife fights with Puerto Ricans. I, I got shot with a 22 in Forest Park, selling angel dust, I got stabbed. And then to try to say, yo, this motherfucker molested me is, it took a lot out of me to, to, and nobody knew it because I never talked about it. And I took McKee's class, and that was the turning point because I went up to him and I was writing a script at the time based on what happened to me in the foster home. The kids uh, in the screenplay, we based uh, what what happened to me uh, in in my younger uh, period of my life, and um, I never told anybody what happened. I would just avoid that. But then when I wrote the, I started writing the book, and I was taking his class. And between, uh, you know, parts of his thing, when you went on the break, you could walk up to Robert McKee and say, ask him uh, questions. So I said, Mr. McKee, as far as a protagonist who was abused uh, as a kid, and he stopped me right there, and he said. Listen, stop right there. He said, McGowan, everybody uses it. It's a cliche, you know, abusive children uh, to develop empathy for characters we could otherwise not give a fuck about. It's not what happens to somebody. It's what they do as a result of it. And that's the fucking light came on. And I mean, for years, I would sit there and it took me seven years to write the evolution of a Cro-Magnon. And I would get to that part of the story and... I would lose my shit and break down crying like fucking uncontrollably uh, because of what happened to me and my brothers. So I just skipped over that part and I would never address it. But then, you know, he gave me the strength in a lot of ways to be able to say, hey, man, you got to tell... He wrote in my book, so I have his book, and he wrote to me, he goes, John, always write the truth. And that's when I knew that that Needed to come out in the book to cleanse myself. I've been two years on crack, uh, eighty-eight, eighty-eight uh, uh, to ninety crack pills. You know, uh, doing whatever, uh, getting shot at with fucking AR-15s, robbing deals. I had uh, TOS or now it was KOS at the time, kill on sight. I was, I was a fucking maniac because I just didn't care. I, I actually kind of wished subconsciously that somebody would put a fucking bullet at me when that you're doing a crack
0: a lot of people who get molested yeah they, they
1: almost act out to the point where they want someone
0: else to do it for them because they don't want to yeah
1: i was definitely in a lot of ways that's that's what i was doing but when i took uh his when that seminar helped me so much because it's really like he's really like a fucking a, a guru and a teacher man the man is amazing if you ever get a chance to take the Robert McKee Story Seminar, it's a three-day seminar. I took it twice, then he does workshops. But the Story Seminar, I just walked out of there after the third day. It's 10 hours a day, and you're just like, you're fucking, you're, you're like speeches. Like, what the fuck did I just experience? It's incredible. And and that gave me uh, the power to, to go and tell my story the right way. And the amount of emails of people that I received that were like, yo, that shit was done to me. Thank you for having the courage to tell the story. And, um, you know, I just kept writing after that. So even the Meat is for Pussies uh, book was, you know, if you read it, it's tongue in cheek. I'm not calling. There's a lot of dudes that eat meat that could kick the shit out of me. I'm not saying what I'm saying is if you continue to lead a sanitary lifestyle and you eat this fucked up food that's out there, that they're putting out there, that they're knowingly putting out there to fucking poison you because they're tied in with the pharmaceutical companies. It's a racket. It's it's not a conspiracy. It's been proven that this is what they're doing. You will become a pussy dependent on the pharmaceutical companies to keep you alive. If you if that's what you want, then this book is not for you. Put it back. So
0: you got into Hare Krishna's and you got into this whole consciousness trip from the bad brains, which is crazy. Like, think about that. Like, people would assume, like, you think of the hardcore scene. You're thinking of drugs and violence and tattoos and nah, chaos. Man. And you were getting into—so tell me about that. How did you get into Hare Krishna's?
1: I'm going to tell you, so— um, Initially, my first, in, my first interaction with Rastafarians, it was 1980. So I went to, my ship was going to Jamaica. So when you go to any, oh, when you go, yo, yo, take this. <laughs> so you go to any port and they take you down on the mess deck and they show everyone you go here you go there they like they show you these films so when we were getting ready to go to Jamaica they're like if you're going to use and it's these like military films from like the 60s if you're going to use uh you know have sex with a prostitute make sure you use a prophylactic and then <laughs> the next photo was a fucking Rastafarian with smoke coming out of every fucking orifice. <laughs> and they're like, and under no circumstances should you talk to these people. They're just going to try to sell you drugs. So who the fuck do you think was the first people I went when I got off the ship cuz I didn't hang out with like any of the dudes on my ship. I got the fuck away from. I was the only punk rocker. I was wearing Sex Pistols destroy fucking t-shirts. They're looking at me like I was already into punk rock since the 70s. So I get off the ship and I meet this like 20-something-year-old fucking dread, dread dude. And he's like, yeah, man, what you need? I said, listen, you know, I'm fucking smuggling some weed back. I, I, I want to I wanna get take because this other sailor told me, yo, you go in there and you get them to take you to the carving shops. And they carve out the fucking statue and they pack the lamb's bread in there and then seal up the statue. And then I had a hookup with the the officer, the guy who did the watch, and counted, so say, every fifth person you got searched. So I was always avoiding that because I would hit the dude off with some weed or whatever the fuck it was. So when I went to Jamaica, I asked this kid, as soon as I got off the boat, like there was no hotels in Montego Bay, nothing. It was just you took the ship, the ship anchored out in the bay, and you took a boat in and landed at the dock. And it was just, like, some fucking ancient, like, crazy shit like that you would see back in the 1800s. Sailor Port. Yeah, Sailor Port. And then this dude was eating this carton of fucking shit. And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm like French fries and burgers at the time. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you eating? What is that shit? And he's like, yeah, man, it's Kalaloo and Aki. And he's like, man, you eat this, you live to be 150 taras. So I was like, really? I said, let me check that shit out. I took one forkful and I just was like, Phew. This is fucking disgusting. That shit tastes like dirt, dude. What was it? It was collaloo. What is collaloo? Collaloo is a green. It's like one of the most nutritious. Like a collard green? Yeah, it's like collard green. It's like they have have greens down there that don't really grow anywhere else. So I think it's like a combination of kale and and collard greens. And then aki is like this fruit and it looks like it's yellow. It looks like an egg almost, but if you eat Aki when it's not ripe, you'll die. You, you get poison. It's this type of thing. Like When the fruit opens up, the, it's like a red fruit. If you eat it when it's not open, you will die. Really? Yeah, Aki, Aki will poison you. And then, and then he was eating seaweed and beans. and Anyway, so I <laughs> went up into the hills. He took me. Now, I don't know if you like reggae, but I do. I fucking love reggae. So do you know where Peter Tosh... Um, Wanted Dreader Alive. Do you know where that came from? No. Okay, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so back in, I think it was 78, this cop, they hate the Rastafarians in Jamaica, by the way, because it's a big Christian. The Christians invaded that place and just fucking turned everybody into dogmatic fucking thinking people. You know, to. Judo, you know the what what the white man does everywhere across the planet. You got to be my religion fuck everybody else This is what's up. So they did that there. So um, What they call the Jamaicans what the rosters call the Jamaicans who don't grow knots They call them bald heads man, you you know, like Bob Marley crazy bald head. So what they did with these guys Uh, a, A cop tried to kill a Rastafarian and the Rastafarian killed the cop. So they put a bounty on every single Rastafarian wanted dead or alive. You could kill a Rasta and drag him to the precinct and collect a reward. So all the Rastas fled up into the hills. And it was called the Green Bay Killings. They just started killing all these Rastafarians. It and, it and so this guy brought me up into the hills and I met these Rastas and the Nyabingi, the drummers and all that shit. And the guy had the actual, because it was only like two, maybe three years prior to me going there in 1980. And I got to meet like these cats that survived that shit and they had the news clippings and all this shit. So that was like my first experience with the whole Rasta thing. And then I met the Bad Brains one night. At first, Ian McKay and all them cats came down with Teen Isles and Untouchables. That was Henry's whole crew first. I know Henry's been on here. I'm, I'm pretty good friends with it's Henry. coming on next week. Tell him I said what's up. I, I, I fucking love him, man. I he's, do too. He's a fucking great human being. He's a beast. And yeah, he he like when I split the navy, he let me stay at his house and I was eating his food. And then after a week of him going to work and coming home and his food's gone, he's like, "All right, John, you gotta get the fuck out, <laughs> go somewhere, not here." But uh, they played, and then a week later, uh, I used to go during the middle of the day uh, in my car in the navy and go to happy hour. Uh, and I'm walking in, and the owner comes out. He's like, you got to see this fucking band. You got to see this band. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going in. He's like, no, you don't understand. They're fucking black, man, and they're they're incredible. So I go upstairs, and Bad Brains are sound checking, and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And if you haven't seen the Bad Brains, I'll tell you the best video to watch. 1982, CBGBs, they got the whole set up there. And if you want to have your shit blown away, just watch that. So that's what uh, I actually sold their their manager acid. I was selling acid at the time. (laughs) So their manager, I sold him acid, but I got to talk with HR and he started telling me about this PMA shit and and I told him, yeah, man, I fucking got out of jail and went into the Navy because I caught another case. They offered me military. Here we go. There's them right there. Yeah, fucking amazing, dude.
0: Will this get us taken off YouTube, uh, you think? Maybe, I play a yeah. Bit. Play a little bit. See uh, what Look at that's him go. the singer.
1: He's a fucking maniac. He does a backflip perfectly on the end of this one song at the movies and lands it perfectly. That's at CB's in 82. Wow. I wasn't 82. there. I was there, roadie. I
0: was in high school.
1: Yeah, so I was actually living as a Hare Krishna monk at the time in Hawaii. When, when So how sang. did the Hari Krishna thing Well, was. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So what happened was um, they... Had, so I talked with HR. He said, yeah, man. It was really funny because they were all from D.C., but they talked with Patois I said, yeah, man. Jogging range, man. We're going to run into he- to each other again, you know. So uh, I beat someone down on my shit pretty bad, and I got caught for a drug case in Norfolk. So I knew that they was trying to persecute me and, uh, you know, send me to fucking prison. And I was like... Really not gonna have that. So my ship pulled out, and we were going to like shell back to South America. And um, I had this that I was under, you know, basically under arrest because the fight. It was a civilian case for the drugs I sold to an undercover cop outside of a club called King's Head Inn in Norfolk on Hampton Boulevard. It was they had did punk shows, so I sold him, uh, you know, LSD. And he was an undercover cop, so I got arrested for that. And then that was pending. Meanwhile, I go on my ship. We go out to sea. This one redneck kept fucking with me, and he was like, "Fuck you, New York faggot!" And like, just I'm like, "Dude, chill. Like, you don't know me. Like, I'm not fucking with you. Just let it go, man." And he just wouldn't let it go. So uh, I, I trapped him in the in the paint locker. I was a boatswain mate, and uh, I beat him with a fucking paint can in the in the soft tissue till he shit his pants then they arrested me so they had uh they had me on the fucking ships arrest and all this shit and um i got this bad infection they had to medevac me off the ship back to roosevelt roads puerto rico and they forgot to say that you know i'm supposed to be handcuffed to the fucking bed and then uh they cut they didn't send those orders because this was pre-computer so the paperwork got fucked up. They gave me my my ID and and then they sent me back to Norfolk, and then uh, I was just doing all my shit and hanging. so they
0: just didn't know that you're supposed to be incarcerated. Yeah,
1: they didn't know that I'm supposed to be awaiting court probably court martial or whatever the fuck, and then the civilian case too. So then uh, the I the I was in Nimitz Hall, which is TPU Transient Personnel Union, waiting for my ship to come back. And they were going to deal with it then. So I was there for like, I don't know, like a month and a half. And, and they were like, yo, your ship, the dude I was cool with, he warned me. He goes, yo, your ship is is fucking docking today. And I was like, fuck. I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So I just packed up a couple of things. And I got on the bus that used to go through the base and then roll out Hampton Boulevard. And as I'm fucking, they had already pulled in. And as I'm pulling out the gate in the seat, the fucking master at arms of my ship, the police are right there walking across the street to fucking Nimitz Hall to get me. And I just shrunk down in the seat. But if they would have looked up, that was it. I wouldn't be here telling you this story because my life would have taken a much different uh, trajectory. So what happened was I went up and I hitchhiked with this band, The Undead from New York, this punk band, Bobby Steele was So in were you the, AWOL at the yeah, time? Yeah, Bobby Steele was original Misfits so they, they played the 930 and they gave me a ride back to New York and I get out the van and right there on Avenue A 171 was motherfucking HR in the doorway where they recorded and lived. He's like Rastafari! I'm like, fuck and what happened was they were playing a show a couple of days later and there's a big Puerto Rican gang that was right there that didn't want them hanging out so they went in there one night and they I mean they they killed people i'm not going to say the name of the of the fucking gang because for whatever you know I, i'm not trying to out them like that but they were had the largest heroin cocaine spot in america the feds busted they the busted them knocked down their building the whole shit alphabet city was out of fucking control so nobody the beastie boys were there that night nobody would fight these dudes back And I was on a fucking Quaalude, which is a gorilla biscuit. You think you got crazy strength. And uh, I said to J.W. who was the engineer of their shit, I was like, yo, let's get these motherfuckers, man. And he's like, dude, they kill people. Don't fuck with them. They will kill you. And I was like, yo, come on, you fucking dude, You're punk rock. You're supposed to be fucking tough. Let's fucking get these guys. So they calmed me down. But when I got outside, the dude tried to stab me. So I blocked the knife and I hit him with an elbow and pop, pop, pop. Knocked him down, smashed his head off the curb. Next thing I know, four of his homies come charging at me. Yo, you white motherfucker. Trying to stab me. And I used to wear a chain belt. And you can ask Henry. We all used to wear these chain belts with a quick release, a bike chain, to fight people. Because in D.C. it would be the Marines would fucking... Or the rednecks would beat up the punk rockers. So I got in a chain fight with these motherfuckers. And I ended up... So I, I go to run back into 171 because I lost a chain. And one of the Beastie Boys slams, tries to slam the door on me to keep me out on the street. These motherfuckers want to kill me. I pushed my way in. I got stabbed in the shoulder. And then they put out a KOS on me. They were like, we're going to kill that motherfucker. Nobody would hang out with me except for this one sh- crazy Russian street fighter kid named James Concher. That's the only dude. So then I said I couldn't go down to Alphabet City at all. They were waiting there with fucking guns and bats and like, we're going to kill that dude. But because the Bad Brains were black, they kind of squashed it over. So, But I went up there to face them and they surrounded me like, fucking dude was like ready to fucking off me and Doc and Daryl, Doc's the guitar player, Daryl's the bass player, came running out. Yo, 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 chill, chill. And they were like, You know, he was just, you know, standing up like y'all came in there trying to stab everybody. You would have done the same shit. And the one dude's name was Crazy Eddie. And uh, he got, I think he got murdered now, but he did mad time. And he just looked at me and it was that moment of the standoff where I didn't know what the fuck he was going to do. But he just goes, out of all the white motherfuckers over here, you're the only one with heart. We ain't never going to fuck with y'all again. Just don't hang out outside the storefront. Because there was gigs at 171A. That's where Bad Brains played, Beastie Boys. And then the Bad Brains let me move in. And then they recorded that first album, which MCA from the Bad Brains, greatest hardcore punk album of all time, the raw cassette, the lightning bolt. I was there for the whole recording. And uh, then they got me a job. And this is where the Harry Christian thing comes in. I always, I always come full circle. But uh, so this punk band named The Dots, who put out the first Bad Brains single, Jimmy Quid, was in the band. And he put out a single called Stay Close to Me and Pay to Come. And Vinny worked at this health food store. So they started giving us food. And that's when I started changing over to the diet because Bad Brains were like, you HR would be like you don't eat the fuckery you don't eat the babylon food you got to eat ital ital is vital low tal can be fatal took me to the health What is ital I mean, it's pure, f- pure plant-based food. No, no oil, no fucking salt. It's no like oil. Yeah, dude, it's the strict. It's like the forks. What about o- like avocado oil? Yeah. Coconut no, oil. no, like if you take coconut and you, and you fucking shred it down so mm-hmm. fine that the oil comes out of it, that's fine. But they don't do processed oils. Okay. That's right. a different thing. Right. When you process the oil, if you have health problems, like what they proved in forks over knives, then it becomes to- a toxic oil uh, to the body. And if you have any kind of heart conditions and stuff like that, you should really avoid it. So anyway, what they did was they got me. They were smart because they wanted me to give them free food, the bad brain. So they got me in the health food store. And the dude was like this hippie yogi dude hooked up with Sachin Ananda Swami. It was called Prana Foods. And he's like, well, uh, you're going to do karma yoga when you first come in here. In other words, you're not going to get any money. You're going to, you know, you can eat and it's karma yoga. It's good for your karma. So then I told everybody in the motherfucking neighborhood, I was like, yo, I'm working at this health food store. Come over and get some food. So Bad Brains would come and load up groceries. I worked at juice bars, giving out fucking sandwiches to the entire neighborhood. And the dude is sitting there watching me. And after the end of the day, he goes, excuse me, did did any of those people pay for that food? I go, nah, man, that's that karma yoga shit you were talking to me about. He's like, you're on salary as of tomorrow. Do not give away any more food. So then I was like... I worked there for a little while and Vinny took me to the Hare Krishna temple on 55th street. So I kept trying to defeat this dude philosophically. I was like, yo, but, and he knew the whole philosophy of the Vedas and the Bhagavad Gita is where all the yoga, uh, all the yoga sutras and all of that comes out of the Bhagavad Gita. And Prabhupada put out the Bhagavad Gita as it is, which which was the original Bhagavad Gita from India. And uh, I kept trying to defeat it. Do you read it? Do you read the Bhagavad Gita? All the time, every day. I read Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam. What do you think Soma is? Who? Soma. What's the Soma? Soma Ras. Soma Ras, that is a drink that they drink on the heavenly planets. It's a a beverage on the heavenly planets that they get intoxicated from. Yeah,
0: the big question is like what's in it? I don't know. No one knows. There's elements...
1: You know, when people say, you think there's life on other planets, I'm like, what are you, a fucking mama Luke? Of course there's life on other, you think you're the only fucking life in the universe? Come on, man. Well, that's one of the things in the Bhagavad Gita is, is
0: uh, flying crafts, and Soma is one of them. The- yeah. the- Soma is one of the interesting things, rather. And Soma, they- it's some sort of a psychedelic concoction but nobody knows exactly yeah. what it is. They think it might be a combination of several things. They think for sure psilocybin's in it, but they think it might also be hashish, that hashish might be in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, there's other, there's elements in the in the upper planetary system that in Brahma, Loka, and all these different planets in, this, in the solar system. The Vedic astrology is much different than uh, the Western astrology. So they talk about planets way above Earth, you know that. What are uh, they
0: when you they teaching you the Bhagavad Gita though? What do they describe soma as? Like what do they? Uh, think uh, it so,
1: is? It, they called it soma ras, and it that was a beverage that's drunk in the heavenly planets. It's not available on the Earth planet. Is is uh, the demigods drink soma ras? Demigods on on other planets. That's the only time people drink it? I mean, I thought yeah, it was part of Yeah, I mean, you of, have uh, Shiva. She, the Shivites smoke the ganja and stuff right. like that. And I don't know, you know, they put the ashes of the crematorium on their bodies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But they, you know, the the thing about, uh, there's four principles in the Hare Krishna. When you live as a Brahmachari monk, which I did, and it's no intoxication at all. No no eating of meat, fish, eggs, none of that. Um No gambling and no illicit sex. So I was actually a a 100% brahmachari celibate monk. For how long? For two years. And I trained martial arts in Hawaii in the hills with this one black dude who was fucking fierce. And he was a brahmachari too. So we would train and completely celibate. I was getting up 2 o'clock every single day in the morning. I was in bed by 8 and training and working and just you know, trying to heal my, uh, my soul. But that came because when I first was going to the temple, I wrote, I would write down my questions. I know I'm going to get these motherfuckers tomorrow. Cause I was reading Gorgiev, Krishnamurti, Ram Dass. Like I studied, I, I, you know, I saw all those guys. Uh, I went to see, uh, Krishnamurti speak and meditate. I was, I was just eating it up. Like once that light came on, uh, metaphysically, For the meditation and the yoga and everything, I just went full fucking bore into it. So it started from the health food store. Yeah, because I worked store Vinny Vinny Signorelli, who's now the drummer for the unsane. He still plays drums. He was in uh the dots, he was in Turbo Hydromatics, a bunch of bands in New York. And he just started hitting me with questions. What do you think this is? What do you think? I was like, I don't know, man. And then after giving me this book, he gave me this book called The Science of Self-Realization. And I read it and I was like, dude, this yoga master, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, I was like, I got to find out more. Where is this guy? And he said, oh, he left the planet in 77. But you could go to the temple and see the whole process. I was like, yo, I want to go. And I went and they had this ceremony and it's called Greeting of the Deities. And then the song that gets played, George Harrison plays bass on it. And I was like, Yo! It was from the uh, Brahma Samhita, and I was, I just was attracted to it. Everything I known in my life was pain and violence and just fucking crazy. I, I mean, you know, I. So it was a
0: pathway to some sort of an escape from the the trappings of your past. It was a pathway to enlightenment. It was pa- a pathway to peace. Absolutely,
1: peace, but some of the f- most fierce warriors and what I loved about Bhagavad Gita is spoken on a battlefield between Krishna and Arjuna. Arjuna was a chhatriya Krishna's, this line, this, this uh, Sampradaya comes from the warrior class. And if you read any books on martial arts, they're going to tell you that martial arts originated in India. The original martial arts school were all in India. And at one point, Sankacharya chased All the Buddhists out of India, and they fled across the Himalayas into China. So this is actual history that you, and you can see uh, where the martial arts spread out across across the planet. But you know, a a lot of it, uh, a lot of things that are around today originated uh, in India. So to me, that really, I was always in. You know, I was a street fighter. I messed around uh, even, you know, with some going to martial arts schools, always on the outskirts though. I even went and trained with uh, Ron Van Cleef when he had his school in New York, but- No shit. Yeah, but he would, he would always be training police forces and I was the only white dude. In the class, and it was all blacks and Puerto Ricans. And when it came time to spar, they beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I was getting fucking wrecked by the by the black belts. But I have a, you know, I there was always, no light sparring back then. No, no nobody sparred I, light yo, back then. there was schools. Victor Vega, Ron Van Cleef, Ron Taganashi, this dude Doc, uh, uh, uh this other dude named Rodan who ran his school University of Streets. They would run from into the dojo like 20 dudes and just all out fucking brawl. Yeah. Like even Brian Callen, his teacher and all these guys, they trained under Master Choi. And he, some Choi, and he encouraged you to fight. Yeah. You are training to fight. Like It and, was very common back then. Yeah. That was
0: a big part of it because you had to develop people that could actually perform in competition. And one of the best ways to do that was to have challenge matches. So yeah. like what you're talking about smokers, they, yeah. they used to allow that in LA up until real recently, over the last 10 years or so, they, they banned smokers, but you used to be able to get your experience in actual fights wow. in a smoker and that was a little bit more uh prepared than the dojo storming days yeah but the dojo storming days that's how a lot of people got good it's like you have real fights you would go in there some guy would come from another school and you knew you were going to hit each other as hard as you could it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't really sparring
1: well i'll tell you a lot of that spun into gang bonds too because a lot of the people that were the martial arts teacher this one dude jr he's famous he was in the new york times he was one of the biggest heroin traffickers on the Lower East Side. He was one of the first guys to get busted under the Rico stature. He did the full 25. Uh, and he trained all of the dudes that sold for him and all his street soldiers were all trained in martial arts. So a lot of these guys were doing shady shit behind the mm, scenes because yeah. that's what Alphabet City and the Lower East Side and that's what New York was about. I'm actually good friends with uh, Ty Mark. You oh, no shit, yeah. yeah. Ty Mark, From The Last Ty, Dragon? Tymok's father is a Hare Krishna. His name is Cosmo. I, I met
0: him in uh, L.A. like fucking 20 years ago. He came to a show. I was like, that's The Last Dragon.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, he, I won't say names, but he outed somebody that tried to do some shit to him, and, and they blackballed him in Hollywood, and the guy said, you're never going to make another motherfucking movie, and he hasn't. Oh. He got man. fucking, dude.
0: and he's such. Do you know a, that happened to Hulk Hogan? Somebody tried to fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) You've been around Hulk Hogan? It's a giant human being. And some guy was like, I'm going to suck your dick. And he's like, no, brother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, for real. Step up to the Slim Jim. But this
0: is is like this Terry Crews thing. A lot of people have made fun of Terry Crews because how does this big stud of an athlete. Who cares if who grabs your dick? Just swat that guy in the head. But he's saying, no, this is like a... This is a system systemic problem when you have people that are in power and they control your destiny. And that's and there's they, a lot
1: of that. A fuck lot of it, that. They'll ruin you, man. Yep. And they like, did a lot of people. Listen, like the whole like it's a you know the whole Me Too shit. First of all, my mother was raped twice. So if some dude is pushing his uh, weight around uh, on a on a female, I think that shit's fucked up. And then they're gonna turn around and fucking fuck these people. I say fucking. Get them the fuck out of there. And I'm going to tell you a story because um, Julia Phillips and Michael Phillips, they, you know, they fucking produced one of my favorite movies of all time, which was Taxi Driver and uh, Close Encounters. They did all those movies. She wrote a book called You'll Never Do Lunch in This Town Again in the 80s. She had the Cro-Mags come and play in a movie at the Ritz. They flew us off the motorhead, tour, picked us up in limos, she wanted the shit to be lip sunk. I said, nah, if you want the Cro-Mags, it's a fucking real show, and we're going to fucking lay it down. We had like a thousand of our fans there. Ankle tape, everything. Fucking dude, just crazy <laughs> shit. And two people broke their necks during the shooting, so the movie's that called. It's normal. called The Beat. Yeah, but the thing was, she was one of the first people to put out and expose these fucking scumbags for doing that shit. Uh, to to people in Hollywood and exposed a lot of that in a book, uh, You'll Never Do Lunch in This Town Again. And when the book came out, she was on the set for Interview with a Vampire and they came and pulled her off the set and she was fucking blackballed. From fucking Hollywood, she never made any more fucking movies. And then even this is all pre-internet. This is yeah, what this, this was. Yeah, this is pre-internet. They could get away with things like yeah, that. Yeah, and then. she just fucking put up the middle finger to all of them. Like fuck you. She she passed away of cancer, but she was like a real fucking punk rocker, man. She fucking took on the system, the boys club in Hollywood, and uh, you know even the shit. I don't know how legit the Corey Feldman. You know, stuff is I I know him and whatever, but like he's saying It's a
0: problem that you don't yeah, it's like one of those things where I don't know what to do here. Yeah, It seems there's like you know, there's some shenanigans.
1: But I know that it's I something know, happened. Yeah. I know it I know
0: it goes on. Something happened. And it's not just him. I mean the the list is a mile long, and for everybody that comes forth there's a million people that are sitting back on, I don't want to say anything yeah. because I don't want to take that shame on. Well
1: you know? that's what happened with me, you know, it was mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Like uh, you know, you have this rep and whatever the fuck, but that's all right. false ego, even all of that stuff. Like, yeah. A- a- and then the person that I was with at the time uh, said, you know, this story is going to help a lot of people you, by you coming forward and, and saying what happened to you and how you're dealing with it now. And that's what, that's what I, even this, I got this new book, The PMA Effect coming out and mm-hmm. the whole shit is about healing people and help. Uh, I mean, I've helped thousands of people kick drugs, kick. Uh, suicidal thoughts. Uh, and, and you know, it's not that I'm like, I'm turning him into a vegan. It's like, dude, I'm going to show you the system that worked for me. That's all I can do is tell you, I'm like the fucking mailman. You know, I, I'm just delivering the fucking mail to you. I didn't come up with it, but I'm showing you the yoga, the plant-based diet, the meditation, the training constant fucking training. Well,
0: through all the things you're doing, you're committed and you're you're disciplined and that's attractive to people, right? People look f- to for people that are doing things that they wish they were doing. Yeah. So they see someone... I mean, that's the whole cult of personality, right? They see you. They see you. You got this f- powerful personality and you're positive and you're doing things and people gravitate to that and they want to be a part of that i mean that's that's, yeah. that's, that's what happens but with but, people. but
1: but the first thing that i and i said it because vice did a whole 18 minute special on me if you if you just google uh uh a uh, fucking uh vegan iron man this shit comes up they did an 18 minute documentary and one of the things i said first off is don't say you can't do it you could do any fucking thing you apply yourself to You just haven't tried. You could do what I'm doing. And I'm going to tell you, I go to races, these Ironmans all over the fucking world, and these guys show me pictures. One guy was fucking, he lost 100 fucking pounds, dude. He was so depressed. He was on meds for depression. So everything that I'm doing is coming out of service, it's, it's service to help people, it's not, I come at them right from the same fucking platform, I'm like, and even the Vedas, what does it say? You should think of yourself lower than the straw in the street, more tolerant than a tree, always ready to offer respects to others. In that state of mind, one can constantly chant the holy names of Hare Krishna. So that's the philosophy. So where does the false ego in thinking I'm better than you because I eat a motherfucking vegetable and you eat a fucking piece of meat or whatever? It's not about that. It's about trying to help people and have compassion to people. And that's something that's really getting lost in this world is compassion. Everybody wants to kick people when they're down. And, and I just don't understand where this fucking sickness came from and I think a lot of it has to do with reality tv and this whole microwave insta fame fucking culture that exists now it's like what you said they think that if if they put down somebody that's going to make they're going to gain power from it it's like it's just crazy I don't come from that I come from like yo man let's help one another to make this world a better place how are we going to save the oceans how are we going to save you know and you know, it, my thing is this. Look, they just said that the the fucking commercial meat and dairy industries are now the most toxic, uh, they're the most toxic uh, companies on the fucking planet. They just surpass fossil fuel with the destruction they're doing to the planet. So I'm like, eat a little where, less meat. Where is this coming from? It just, I just, it's, it's, it was just all on, uh, where did I read it? It was on uh, one of the main sites, like, uh, that. So is this by, uh, from methane gas, is it from
0: runoff? Fossil,
1: fossil fuels, runoff, look, here's here's the thing. So before that Gulf oil spill ever happened, there was a fucking dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico the size of New Jersey, why? All the fucking runoff of From the farms. the KFOS and the farms with the fucking toxic pesticides, the fucking all the shit that these guys are spraying, Roundup and everything else, mm-hmm. and and the nitrogen that's in the fucking shit when these lagoons that have a hundred thousand fucking gallons of pig shit, you know, it all was draining into the into the Mississippi and then draining into the Gulf. So if you look at what's going on in North Carolina right now, because I was just there, motherfuckers can't even swim in the fucking rivers anymore. And it's happening in Europe, too. They just had to cancel the swim on uh, the Iron Man in, in Hamburg because of the green allergy and all the shit that's happening now because of all the runoff that's happening with the farms and everything. It's just we're, we're making this planet a fucking toxic wasteland. And- well,
0: what we've done with farms, and it's gotten... We we, we develop cities, we have giant groups of people that aren't growing anything, and then we've given people incentive to make as much profit as possible. And When they're trying to make as much profit as possible without ethics or morals in consideration or or the impact on the environment They set off a process in motion that we are many many decades into right now So to try to correct it now, we're just seeing the effects and then on top of that There's all these ag-gag laws and the ag-gag laws are devastating because when you see like one of the reasons I became a hunter is because I was watching these films of factory farming and I was like, I'm not, I'm not participating in this. I have to figure out what I'm gonna do. I'm either gonna become a vegetarian or I'm gonna become a hunter. I decided to become a hunter and that's how I get my meat. But when you see those videos, those are the videos that expose people to the realities and the horrors of factory farming. And those are illegal in most places. Yeah, you go to prison now. You it's go to a prison federal... for showing horrible, yep. immoral acts that are done to these animals and the way they're treated and the way they're contained. And we were talking yesterday about um, this video of a pig farm. That there's this there's this pig farm where these pigs are smashed into this place where they can't move at all They're all in these cages Crate. and then it's there's a runoff from where they shit and piss And there's a giant lake outside of pig shit and pig piss and no one who lives anywhere near that can avoid that smell You drive anywhere near that area. It's a horrific toxic smell. So it's already gotten to this almost like incorrectable position like that 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 business is a toxic business but it's not a regular like a Joel Salatin farm. You know you know who that guy is? You no. ever heard of him? He runs this farm called Polyface Farms and what what he does is he has all these animals live like normal animals. Like the pigs, they're not in these cages. He has them roam free. And they set they set up these enormous portable fences so they take the pigs they roam in this one area like pigs naturally do and then they move the fence to a different area and they transport they did you know move the pigs over with it so the pigs are never contained the chickens run free and then they go back into the chicken house at night. And then they try not to have monocrops. Like, when you have, mon- when you have a thousand acres of soybeans, that shit ain't normal. Yeah. That's not how plants are supposed to be. And then you have to throw pesticides on them. And then when you're rolling them up, you have to grind everything up with these gigantic machines. And everything gets caught up in there. Mice and rabbits and everything that might be in the, in the neighborhood while these machines right. are rolling over. All of that is unnatural. And it's not how human beings are supposed to grow food. It's not how food is supposed to be. It's not how these plants or animals are supposed to be interacting with the environment. But what we're doing with these things is making incredible amounts of profit. And these people are addicted to this profit. These corporations are addicted to these profit. They have this Constant growth mentality, where every year, every quarter has to have more. It's a never-ending and they growth make, cycle, and they
1: make the laws. And the only that's way, the other right. thing.
0: Well, they have massive amounts of money, so they bribe politicians and they use all of these uh, these lobbyists. And what they do is they get these laws passed where it's illegal to film them doing immoral shit. And so then you don't see this. You just go to the store and you buy a cheeseburger. You go to Jack in the Box. You go wherever you go and you buy these things. You get corn, you know, or you get corn syrup in your soda. You don't think twice about what what has to happen for that corn to become syrup and how much environmental damage has to take place. Right. I mean, this is the, the world we're living in right now is just waking up to what has been in motion for many many decades. I think what's really important though is that we're honest about health And that we're honest about the consequences of our actions in terms of like our purchasing power, what we're doing with food. we got to be honest about all of it. And one of the problems that happens with hunters or carnivores or even vegans or or vegetarians is people only want to look at things that support their position. Right. And with vegans, there's a lot of people out there that only want to look at things that support vegan positions in terms of health. And this becomes a real problem because they start – they start using studies that are very shaky. They start adding things to, to documentaries that aren't necessarily true or proven, and it becomes propaganda. And it becomes propaganda both ways. I see it with this carnivore mm. diet now. There's a lot of people that with this carnivore diet that are like, this is the only way to go. You know, just eat all meat. Mm. And I'm like, man, I don't know about all that. I don't see any blood work. I see blood work only. I talked to um, uh, Sean. What is his last name? Sean, the, the doctor. God damn it the fuck he's the the main carnivore guy. how can yes. I not remember his name what is how how is that slipping my my sean baker sean Baker sean
1: Baker, sean baker. Yeah. Sean
0: baker he released his blood work it's not good Yeah. his blood work's not good testosterone's low there's also and, all sorts of and, issues and I
1: just want to say uh who are the hos let 's just look at it this way who are the hospitals filled with that are having procedures for bypass who are the procedures being done for people removing their limbs for diabetes. It's not the people that's, it's the people that are eating this toxic diet that Americans, the, the standard American diet and what people have become accustomed to eating, rolling up and even these carnivore people, let, let's just take that for instance. Um, if you do all meat, sure. Your body, let, that motherfucker might have been on a Dorito diet. We don't know what the fuck he right. was eating prior right. prior to that. So then you put, the body's a perfect machine. So at the, at the beginning of when you're doing all meat, the body's becoming accustomed to that. But you know the analogy that I use is, that's like getting off heroin and getting on methadone. Because the methadone, yo, I kick dope, but I'm on fucking meth now. Mm-hmm. Because the methadone down the road is going to take even a longer toll, and I've seen people that are doing methadone for 20, 30 years, and that's why I love the analogy, because the long-term studies of those diets do not exist right now. No, there's no long-term studies for the carnivore but diet. But if you look at the blue zones around the planet of the people who were the most centurions and the people that lived the longest, they have three things in common, okay? And there's, there's blue zones in Japan, Costa Rica, greece Iran. united states well the top five mm-hmm. uh with the most and then and then california and it's the adventist the seven day of so the three things that they have most in common with the people that live the longest number one they have a meditation spiritual practice they do something every day for pma for positive mental attitude whatever their higher power is they do that every day number two they move their bodies they're working, they work in the farm, they're exercising. Number three, they eat primarily a plant based diet. They may have a piece of fish in Japan or whatever, or a piece of meat once in a while, but primarily the seven day the Adventist study was actually the best one because it was all from different people with different ethnic backgrounds. And the one thing that they had in common, the seven day Adventists, don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. And Uh, that's my point with the whole thing and, you know, when it comes down to diet is, I just see what, what worked for me and I try to relay that to people and not, not be like my way's the only way and this and that because people, people are doing other, people are doing other things, uh, in their way. There's raw foodists, there's all these different people and the problem is with the false ego in the human being, everybody wants to think That the the glass is full, don't try to tell me shit, I know it all. Here's an issue with centurions. Uh, Centurions, how do you say it? Centurions. Centurions. Centenarians?
0: Centenarians, I think it's centenarians, yeah. Um, people that live to be a hundred years, uh, w- this is one thing we have to take into consideration. You're talking about people that lived already to be a hundred years. So when they were fifty, it was fifty years ago. All right, we're talking about 1967. Nobody knew shit about diet back then. This is a fact. Right. Okay. So the people that did live that long and they were living this—it's almost uh, an accident in some ways or inconsequential. Like what what is going on today with people's diet? And how long will people live today? There's far more information in terms of like nutrition and what you should do and shouldn't do for your body. So, what I'm concerned with is like what optimizes people today. I wanna see blood work. I wanna see like what is going on with your blood lipids. Absolutely. What is going on with your nutrient levels? What is going on with that? And in, in that case, We don't have, we have just a few studies from a few people or a few tests from a few people that have done this carnivore diet. We have some people that have done the vegan diet and have had real hard problems with that diet. Yeah, but
1: let's just, let me just say one thing, because to throw the word vegan on something, that does not make it a healthy diet. I know vegans that are fucking 100 pounds overweight, they eat Eat, nothing but fried tofu. Vegan pizza. If you say an organic, whole food, plant-based diet, that's what I roll with. I don't don't fucking say I, a a vegan diet could mean anything. But when you say whole food, foods in their original source, organic, Mm -hmm. no pesticides, whole food, plant-based diet—that's what I roll with. So that's why I don't go around
0: nutrient dense, mineral dense, and this is one of the things that's important with people that live a long time. One of the things that you get from a lot of plants, especially like rich green leafy plants, you get a lot of minerals. Absolutely, And, and more importantly. If these things are raised in an organic environment, you're getting soil that's not depleted. And this is right. a big problem with monocrop. Mono Did crops. you
1: see the the article that just came out today that 40 years ago an orange was 10 times more, more nutritious? I think it was, uh, I think it might have been CNN online or something. They posted an article that said the fruits and vegetables from 40 years ago were 10 times more nutritious than the, than the, the way they're being grown today because... Like you said, rows and rows and rows. It makes sense. How do they extract the nutrients properly from the soil? It's impossible.
0: Well, you know, they have to actually add nutrients to the soil. Most of the time they're just adding nitrogen and a few other different minerals. But there's
1: mineral depletion. Or pig shit. Like what what they do (laughs) is to get, how do they get rid of that pig shit? Yeah, they're spraying it on the fucking crops. Yeah, and and you know,
0: well, you're you're supposed to rotate crops, right? You know, I mean, crop rotation, yeah.
1: what you plant next to each other, right? That are extra. I, I'm not a farmer composting, but I have a friend that is an organic farmer. Uh, and his name, his name is Keith and, uh, he farms up, uh, n- up in like New Hampshire mm-hmm. and he knows all about crop rotation at e- Keith Leon Forte. If you have a He's small a Hari farm, Krishna dude. you can do it. That's what he does. He yeah. has a small farm.
0: Small farms are legit. Like yeah. you can have a small farm and be in symbiosis. Like you, you can, you could be in harmony with the land, but man, you're you're growing, you know, fucking a thousand acres of corn for cattle feed there's you might as well be making oil well i mean you're 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 doing something that's kind of crazy to yeah. the environment it's not natural
1: and, and 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 listen you know i saw ted nugent play with fucking acdc and black sabbath in 76 at, at madison square Garden. i went to all them shows but you know when he came on and the shit that he was talking i was just like the fucking gmo crops Okay, 80% of the GMO crop is being fed to animals for fucking slaughter. The, the, what he called the stupid vegans are not the ones that are eating that shit. That, most of the crops that are genetically modified because you have these corporations, McDonald's, every one of these corporations, they want every fucking piece of meat to taste the same. They want every fucking french fried potato to be the same. Mm-hmm. So the only way they can control it is the control of the genetic markers, so that's why they're using all of the all the, a majority of the genetically modified grains, and Monsanto, uh, you know, who just got bought out by Bear, uh, and they're changing the name because Monsanto is such a big rep, I don't uh, rep rap if you don't know it, Bear just bought them. Yeah no. Now, do it's you know the hilarious. history of Bear? Pharmaceutical company? No, but they make I.G. Aspirin. Farben. <laughs> no, prior to that. They made the Zyklon gas that went into the Nazi death chambers. Well, that's you know what's funny that that
0: Zyklon nit- gas was created by Fritz Haber. Fritz Haber is also the guy who created the process of extracting nitrogen from the air. Really? So he's the guy the reason why we can grow the kind of crops that we have today is because of Fritz Haber. They say that 50% of the nitrogen and most the nitrogen in most people's DNA comes from the Haber method. He also created Zyklon A. Zyklon A is the gas. It was an, Zyklon it has, B gas right. was the Nazis. Well, deep. he created Zyklon A, and they added this smell to it so that you could smell this toxic gas so Th- you would know it when it was coming, so you can get out of the way. Wow. The Nazis switched it to Zyklon B. Fritz Haber was actually a Jew, and they took his invention and cut out the smell portion of it so that they could gas Jews with wow. it. It's dark shit.
1: See, I, I, I said, Joe's a smart motherfucker. I'm learning some shit here <laughs> today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, in my head. it's dark shit. But, you know, but, that, but, the Hobber method you know,
0: has saved a lot of people and killed a lot of people. They wanted to try that guy for crimes against humanity while he was winning the Nobel Prize for Science at the same time, because he was insane. also the first people. He was one of the the uh, first people that implemented a gassing program where they used it to gas the Allied troops in World War One. That was Haber. Wow. Haber was a big part of that.
1: I didn't. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, it's crazy that's shit. Deep. So that is how we get nitrogen. Wow. We get nitrogen from the Haber method when they're pouring nitrogen into the plant into the soil so they can grow plants. That's a big part of it. When you say genetically modified, too, a big part of that is like we want to think about, oh, like labs and science and all this jazz, but almost everything we eat is genetically modified, including all of our grains, like especially all of our fruits and vegetables. What we are saying about tomatoes or uh, 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 orange being different than it was 10 years ago, fucking everything's different, yeah. man, because they want these things to be durable so they could throw them in a bus or a, a truck, rather, and travel across well, the well, country well, and sell well, them somewhere well, else. Well, here,
1: here's the thing, and I know what they do. They take the, 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 the DNA of a flounder and inject it in a tomato so it can resist... The frog. How the fuck do they do that? I don't fucking know. Is man. that real? It, it's that's real. So they, if you eat a tomato, does it have
0: flounder yeah, in
1: it? Now, vegans, if you're eating GMO shit, maybe you're not eating vegan food. You could be eating a fish tomato. Well, Did you ever think one about thing that? is
0: if you eat plants, plants absorb like they've found salmon DNA in some plants because plants absorb the the fish Everything. that people use for fertilizer. Yeah. You know, so you're getting some of that animal, but it's a natural cycle that you're getting it through. I mean, animals eat animals, plants eat animals, animals even eat plants. I mean, there's fucking crazy plants in South America. It looks like a a vase, and these rats, they get attracted to the sweet smell around the edges, and it's slick, and they fall into the hole,
1: and the plant closes in on them and
0: swallows them and eats them.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the other thing is this. You have chemical companies making your food. Their job is not to feed the world. Their the job a lot is not of, to keep you healthy. Their job is to sell fucking pesticides. Yeah. Let's let's be fucking straight up about it. So, yeah, they created what was the other uh cross uh genetic there's a there's a a, a vegetable, I think it was bro uh was it cauliflower or broccoli, they they mixed two things and came out with Uh, It's a different process what what they're doing now. Mm -hmm. And really what they do when they can take Roundup and pesticides and put it in the fucking seed right is what they're doing now and so the plant from the growth cycle
0: is resistant to these bugs right
1: and and yeah. all the people that are having the gut issues i don't know if you listen you know i know you had rich roll on twice mm-hmm. he's my fucker boy he's a homie a Great he's, dude. dude he's fucking everyone asked me like what's that motherfucker life in real what's he like in real life i'm like that's the most genuine fucking dude You know, you ever have anything going on... He just wrote the forward to my new book, uh, The PMA Effect. I mean, he's such a fucking... He's a solid cat. Very solid. But uh, where was I going with that? You took Uh, me down a plant. Plants,
0: glyphosate. Yeah, so he just
1: had Dr. Zach Bush come on who's a doctor this is clinical research this is not speculation this is not fucking vegan propaganda this is fucking science and he proved that glyphosate and what's happening now with the gut health of it gut mm-hmm. health is such a huge issue yeah everything the bad fucking disease it starts in the gut and the glyphosate is eating through the stomach wall and causing leaky gut and all these other uh Uh, physical uh, diseases from happening now the other thing is you have to realize what these pesticides are they're neurotoxins and then the ones that they're putting inside the seed when the bug eats the leaf it fucking dies so you're eating these fruits and vegetables that are completely fucking toxic well here's what happens
0: when they created it one of the things one of the reasons why they were able to implement it they said it doesn't kill people it kills plants and it kills bacteria so everybody's like oh fine yeah no problem it only kills plants and bacteria that's totally safe. No, your body is filled with bacteria. Your Good gut, bacteria. your gut has more E. coli than there's ever been a human being on the planet ever. There's more E. coli in your stomach right. than any humans that right. have ever lived. More numbers, and you need
1: them. You and need the you, b- the this bacteria. gut flora gets destroyed by glyphosate. It you gets destroyed it. by roundup. That's a that's that's I mean that podcast that he did uh, that episode with Doctor Zach Bush is fucking it's fucking unbelievable. And, and I'm surprised, like, you know, motherfuckers didn't try to take that dude out at this point. Cause well,
0: it's, they're making so much money and people aren't listening and there's so much yeah. signal. There's so many noises going on. And they on. use it's hard. the
1: word that everyone loves to use, the two words, conspiracy theorists. Yeah, that's a good one. But here's the thing. Once you can prove something and there's data and evidence to back it up, it's no longer a theory. It's a fucking fact. So well, they it's not love even a
0: conspiracy. It's yeah, just exactly. reality. And by the way, when they implemented it, they probably did think that they could get away with it. They think it would be fine. They really probably didn't know as much as we know today about gut biome. Right. That's all new shit. That's all within the last couple of decades. Do you and do probiotics? Yeah. Do you a lot do you of probiotics? Do you do pro- how about a prebiotics? Kim-tree.
1: Yeah, kimchi is fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I drink great. a lot of. I kombucha? eat a lot of.
0: Yeah, I drink a lot of kombucha. Eat a lot of kimchi. That's yeah. where I get it from primarily. Yeah, yeah. That's,
1: that's good stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, gut biome is gigantic, you know, to the point where people make memes joking around about me saying gut biome because I say say it so much.
1: And, and, you know, the other reason that I was I didn't know where this whole uh, conversation would go because I have respect for you as a martial artist. Like I said, I, I know. Brian since the 80s and, you know, he always talked about you, but Rich Roll wrote you and said that I was up at his house and heard that I was coming on a podcast and you responded to him in a text message and said, yeah, it's so fucking toxic what's going on. Like, I just want to sit down with him. Yeah. It's another
0: form of identity politics. Yeah. You know, and and people, look, there's a lot of people that I'm friends with that have all sorts of, uh, they agree with things that I don't agree with. They have ideas that I don't agree with. I mean, you're allowed to have varying opinions. That's what human beings are all about. We're supposed to be able to communicate our ideas. But you're not my enemy if you eat plants. That's crazy. Right. And and the, the problem is, I eat plants, too. I eat a shitload of them. Like, this
1: idea that you know, that
0: vegans and meat eaters are supposed to be enemies.
1: I mean, I hang out. very strange. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you straight up. I hang out with dudes that fucking eat McDonald's. Like, I have friends, like, I don't look, like I said, I'm not the fly looking for the shit, you know. I try to look to the positivity of of every human being, and some of them eat meat. My brother fucking, my my brother eats meat. I'm supposed to hate my brother because my brother eats, eats fucking meat. You know, it's it's just like it's like you said, it's identity politics, and I don't roll with that because if in my line of work and what I'm doing, which is getting people out of some really dark fucking shit in their lives, like this documentary I'm doing now called Thirty to Life, the shit that these fucking inmates. Have been through, and the, you know, I, I met one guy. He did fifty fucking years, man, and he's ninety years old. And his story is, he's in Amity Foundation, and his story's out now. He's in this. He just got paroled after fifty years. Ninety years old. I got a picture of parole. him in my fucking phone. And, but listen shit. to his story before you judge a motherfucker because they got locked up. He served in World War II in the army. He served in Korea in the army. He had his friends fucking blown up in front of him. Fucking, the, he's seen shit we can't even imagine in two wars. Korea, you know what them motherfuckers went through over there with the cold and fucking they couldn't even bury the bodies, bro. They had to fucking stack them with, you know, it, just insane. And and he came back and, and went onto the streets with PTSD. They didn't even know what the fuck PTSD was back then when, when he was going through it. And some shit happened. Which I did not. He got double life. So obviously something really bad happened. And I don't know the circumstances. But he's 90 fucking years old right now. And he survived the the riots in Folsom. He wow. survived insane fucking shit. And I'm like, yo. And he's out now? He's out now. He's 90. That, there's it, a fucking picture of him. Uh, show me the
0: picture. Fuck, what is really? it What is it like when, when you're out after fucking 50 years in prison? Dude,
1: and he's the most humble genuine fucking dude all of these guys like like i just got what well, we're training to do a 5k and rich roll is leading the run and uh and, and i just got nike to fucking give them all uh, uh air pegasus new fucking sneakers these guys are in fucking tears man they're like nobody gave a fuck when we first went in there and met these brothers one of the, one of the biggest toughest scariest motherfuckers broke down in fucking tears and was like, yo, nobody gave a fuck about me, man. The fact that you guys are coming in here and doing this for us, you don't know how much this, this means to me. And, I mean, he had to leave the room. He was crying. Here, I'm going to show you the picture of this cat. I mean, that's why I do. Here, this is him right here. Read, read that text.
0: Wow. Wow, look at him there, man. That's crazy. And
1: he's trying to hit on all the female camera <laughs> girls and shit. Like, he's a fucking Poppy Chulo, I nicknamed him. Oh, I lost it. I oh, you it did? To it. Sorry. It just disappeared on me. Yeah, right here. Wow. Yeah, he served in both wars honorably, uh, PTSD. And I think, you know, he said people fucked with him on the streets. So what is, he, what is he doing with
0: his life now?
1: He's in this program, so they get paroled to this program called Amity Foundation, and they serve out uh, their sentence and try to reintegrate them. So what I did was, uh, when I pitched it, and it's Kip who did what? The Health and, and Cowspiracy and whatever. And I, I, I hooked up with Paul DeGelder. I don't know if you know him. He's the Australian Navy SEAL guy. He lost his arm and leg to the bull shark. Oh he's yeah, been...
0: we were talking about him yesterday. Dude, that he's got f- carbon fiber hand is shit dude.
1: He's one of the baddest motherfucking most positive people you ever meet. His fucking story is insane. I just it's read crazy it. seeing him walk around
0: with that fake arm and fake hand. Like his, he Yo, looks
1: totally normal. He gave me a fucking like. I was sitting in the chair and he came up and was like, I heard like. Tsss, like, the hand, and I'm like, oh, fucking he almost ripped my fucking shoulder out. The hand's strong? Dude, it's fucking... He's like, yeah, you there know... There he is. There he is. Wow. Because, you know, I had to be really careful because, you know, I, I used to take care of my business with the right hand and then, like, you know... That's so crazy, man. Yeah, dude, a bull shark took his arm and leg, and now he's on the Discovery Channel Shark Week, and he fights for ocean conservation because if you kill the lead predator in the oceans and the culling that's going on... So I, I, I contacted him and I go, Paul, I'm going to tell you right now, the whole vegan shit is becoming this shit for rich fucking people. And the people that really need it are the ones, they can't afford $25 to go to a veg fest and all this shit. It's right. becoming this pompous fucking shit. And the food, and you'd go to try to have a fucking meal, and it's like fucking 50 bucks and just in fucking appetizers. Right. And the people that really need it are not getting access to this. And I saw 13th, the documentary, about the prison Mm -hmm. industrial complex in america you know did you see that yeah so you know what's going on yeah and i was like
0: it's prison is basically slavery slavery there's
1: a there's a loophole in the law that if you're incarcerated and do a crime that you can be put to work and not get paid you get a dollar they're in there making victoria's secret Uh fucking underwear and all this other shit it's fucking crazy. crazy so it really fucking lit a fire under my ass and i said paul I said, all this, a lot of these documentaries are like, uh, you know, I eat vegan and I got big muscles and fucking whatever the fuck. I'm like, what about the motherfuckers that really need it? What did I go through? I've been through fucking hell as a kid. I was on the streets of New York. I went to, I was in the same place Mike Tyson was, Spofford in the Bronx, only Mm -hmm. white dude in the whole fucking place. Fucking went upstate, did all this shit. I'm like, what changed me, man? It was this process. I said, the people that need this shit, they're not getting access to it. I said, let's come up with something and fucking help these people. Let's go fucking help these dudes who are coming out of prison. And then we contacted Kip. He's like, I want to direct it. Me and and Paul wrote up the whole treatment. And, uh, and then they contacted—we were going to try to put him in an air—you know, these dudes in a house. And then we found—the uh, the producer uh, found uh, Elizabeth, who's the producer, African-American chick. These girls are fucking—they're money, man. They're fucking great. Dawn, and they found this place called Amity Foundation. And they're like, they're already doing this. They, they have them in here. They're doing meditation, drum circles, American Indian chants. So much lodges. like when
0: you were young and your life was filled with turmoil and chaos, you found the Hare Krishnas. You found this discipline and becoming a monk and sticking to this plant-based whole and foods diet. But you had a, it, it, you, it became your ideology. It became your life. It became like a path. And this is what a lot of people need. They right. need a path. Yeah, it gives them a feeling of purpose. It gives them a, an identity.
1: And and, and to. Made to feel like they matter, and that's yes. what society that has taught progress. these motherfuckers that they don't matter, and they even punish you after you do your time. That's why they're trying to do they they're trying to sign this legislature that's uh, do away with the box. I don't know if you heard about that in California. You have to check off a box that you've been convicted of a crime. So they're trying to do away with that because. Yo, you did your time, you served your fucking, you served your your, your time, you you know, you served your debt to society, why should you continue to be fucking punished, and they can't even get a job working anywhere, because no one will fucking hire them, so it's a whole, so what we're doing is, I have Dante Ross coming in, Uh, he's, you know, been in the hip hop game forever, one of the dudes wants to be a rapper. Another dude wants to play guitar. I just hooked up with Yamaha. They're gonna give him good, uh, a guitar amp, all this shit. Uh Tal Ronan who owns Crossroads, uh restaurant, which I heard you talk about too. I listened to your podcast, Joe. you talking about <laughs> you were talking about uh That's Travis Parker's place. Well he right? he's an investor, yeah. yeah. So Travis but Ty Ronan is the chef that runs it. That place is supposed to be amazing. I I want dude, I, Fucking Tyler said, tell him to come in. Fucking have a fucking dinner. They do fucking everything, man. Crazy food. He, he's like, he's Oprah's chef, dude. And he cooked for the Dalai Lama. He's like, Oprah's looking kind of thick. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what she her. eating. <laughs> I know she ain't vegan. Or plant-based or whatever. She's the fuck. eating
0: plant-based some of the time. Yeah. Some <laughs> of the time. Snickers bar, son. Or who knows Yeah, what. who
1: knows. Yeah, but it was about giving these guys facility to change their lives. And that's what this documentary, 30 Life, is. Because, like, what they told me, go out on this tour for 30 days, you're going to change your motherfucking life. Mm. And that's what I did, and I stuck with it. And, I, you know, the training and and everything that I do for Iron Man, and, you know, just I'm on my fucking 11th Iron Man. Uh, I'm on the road constantly with the Cro Mags, touring. Uh, I'm in the gym every day. I'm not trying to be a fucking you know, 90-pound fucking Ironman dude. I still hit the weights, hit the bags, do whatever. I'm all about recovery now. Uh, my friend Aaron uh, Dragoz, uh runs recovery in New York City, so I'm all about the CVAC pod and the Nucom, which provides uh, in 30 minutes you get three hours of restorative sleep. His whole... What is that? How's that work? Dude, it's fucking amazing, man. I went up there. I'm like his fucking guinea pig. Like, all the (laughs) shit that he's learning, massage school, fucking trigger point therapy, everything that he's been learning. And he's a bad motherfucker. He fought in the Golden Gloves. He has black belts. He's a hardcore dude, all tatted up. And... You know, I just been on this and, and I went into crunch because uh, they were offering a special thing. And he was he, he he led the boxing and he taught kickboxing and worked with all the five points guys would all be in, the, you know, five points Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, yeah, before that, uh, they were all up in crunch, uh, you know, training. And then they opened up the school. But he was there and I said, yo, I want to do this Man. He started, you know, training me from day one to do my first race. I started with him in, in 2010. I did my first race, 2012, New York New York Ironman. So then his whole journey, now they open up this place to recover. It's right up the block from Henzo Gracie's on, on 30th Street. So they have the CVAC pod, which takes you to elevation. It increases your VO2 max by like 5.8%. And I think doping, doing the EPO and everything, only gives you 3% and And then he does the newcom, so now I tried to test the shit, and I'm like, all right, newcom, it fucking works with the wiring in your brain, so you put this these fucking you put blinders on and you sit there with these fucking headphones, and he has electrodes. He puts this gel by the way, I have his card, and he said you come to new york next time full, i want to try i want to set one up treat. in here yeah <laughs> dude so the thing was i tried to fight it and be like no i'm fucking not going to pa- i'm not going to go out and the the vibrations that they design that the, the the sound vibration that's coming through these headphones like i'm i'm like just trying to fight passing out and i just fucking went out and then they woke me up, and they're like, yo, how long do you think you been? You were out? I said, 15 minutes. They were like, you were out for an hour and 20. I'm like, what? And it's just it's fucking bizarre. Like, they're learning so much about recovery. And now all there's uh, all kinds of pro athletes are coming in to recover in New York, uh, the, the, the studio over there on 30th Street, all Henzo's guys, Henzo's uh, nephew who just won, um, what did he just, what was that? Uh, MMA tournament, he just won something, um, fuck, it, he had some fight and he won, and a lot of those guys are coming in, and a lot of pro athletes, there's a lot of endurance athletes that's a go, that, that are going in so there. So how does it work again? There's electrodes that are on your so neck. So he puts like, do you have a TENS machine? You know what they uh-huh, are, like sure. the gluey fucking uh-huh. pads, right? right? So it's these squares, and then he puts this gel, and he puts it behind you, gel. conductive gel, and he right. puts it behind your ear here. And then the headphones and the blinders, but it's sending a pulse into your body and the sound vibration. Is it attached to a big machine? It's like, a it's a fucking little machine like this. So it's something that we could have here. You can yeah, you can I'll have set it that here. Shit up, I'm James. telling you, man, you will bug the fuck out. That sounds crazy. Yeah, like he's an expert in it. Like the guy who manages the whole shit, he's an expert in the newcom stuff. So, wow. So like. You know, so he's a big a, fan of yours, by the way, too. He, shout out. Yeah, so, he's Aaron.
0: So this is it right here. Yeah. Oh, So when you put this on, um, d- d- is it on a timer? Like, how yeah, do you know a when time, it's over? Uh, well, do you wake up when it's over?
1: No, they had to wake me up, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, those, are, those are the pads. They woke me the fuck up. I thought I was out for like so, 15 minutes. Step
0: two, microcurrent stimulation. Step two for new calm is to is a, to use a subsensory microcurrent to catalyze the effectiveness of the new comp supplementation so you take pills with it too
1: no, no I didn't take any pills Okay
0: I just The combination of the supplementation the microcurrent works on the midbrain to interrupt the body's natural sleep stre- natural stress response research shows this microcurrent helps balance the brain's neurochemistry by reestablishing optimal neurotransmitter levels you won't That's feel it while it's working. So fucking that
1: fucking Swahili, as far as I'm concerned, that should help the way your brain works yeah, as well. Yeah, it, it, it's it's insane, dude. I, wow. I mean, and and they're the only one, like the only ones in New York that are doing the Newcom. They're the only ones in the East Coast that have a fucking CVAC uh, wow. pod. One of the universities out here, uh, they've
0: got one in Orange County. Yeah. I know. Uh, Ian McCall was using that shit yeah. for a while. He, he said he got well, great. Well, the out woman of
1: it. who holds the world record uh, time trial, I believe. Uh, she was doing CVAC, the pod. It's yeah. f- it's fucking insane. You go in this thing, and it's like uh, you you go you have to work up because you can't just go to level five and and y- y- your fucking shit will just bug the fuck out. So I worked all the way up to level five. But
0: how long did it take you to work up to it? Uh,
1: it took me like a couple of weeks, you know. Oh. But like what I really noticed was with my running because I, I I mark uh, my thresholds and everything so. Every run when I was training for the last race, I, ju- I just did Chattanooga, uh, a half Ironman. So every run I was doing, it's it, going in the CVAC and then going to do the Newcom and then I do the Normatech boots. Like They have everything mm-hmm. uh, at this place, Recover. So uh, like they're just using and then they have this other fucking magnetic blanket that fucking you you sit on it. And then there's an isolation pad on top, and it sends these frequencies through your body. Oh, I've done that. Wait a minute. What is that called? I f- I'm fucking, I'm spacing on it. They,
0: they have that at the cryo place that I go Dude, to. Dude, it's, yeah.
1: and they're getting, they got cryo coming now, and and, wow. and and it just flushed, like, I've noticed that I can go fucking hard as hell. I mean, I would have to bike 120 miles and do a brick and get off the bike and go run 13 miles. And I'm, like, fucking breaking threshold fucking records because I, I started taking up any athlete who's serious about... Even um, Henzo's, I think it was uh, his nephew or something that just had that fight. The coach was like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? And he's coming into the CVAC twice, three times a day. And he's like, dude, he's he he his gas tank, he just doesn't run out. He's just... He's fucking grappling, he's you know doing everything, and he's never fucking tired. He's, I've wow. never seen him perform at this level. So the, the success is there. Even this woman, she broke the world record. I think it was for TT, time trial, or track, or road, or something. This woman cyclist did CVAC. And, she, and they accused her of fucking doping. That's it, the beamer. Yeah, yeah. Beamer physical. Dude, yeah, that so I've done shit's that. fucking it's legit. Yeah, they have that there too. It and does something. It does something. Yeah. Because uh, I've been, you know, you're always getting hurt. You know that too. Mm-hmm. I'm always dealing with a fucking nagging fucking injury. Yeah, you got something now? Like a. I got hip a little groin issue, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm de- I've never had a race. I- I've got my, I got my nose broken Cabo Ironman. I'm swimming out in shark infested waters fucking leaking, oh, but no. like even from boxing, <laughs> I knew don't blow your nose cause your eyes are going to swell shut. So I had right. to do all mouth. I've my first Ironman I ever did was New York city and, uh, Cromance, the drummer Mackie booked the fucking show. This is hardcore, uh, the night before. So we played to like 3,000 motherfuckers going off. You know that whole mosh and shit. And we, right. we fucking lay it down. And I fucking I had my brother come down. He drove me back to New York City. I had a stress fracture in my foot. I took a shower and I went to the swim start. And I did an Ironman in August twelfth, two 2012 in fucking 95 degrees New York City humidity. But I was not going to be. I, I mean, it With took a stress me. Stress fracture in your foot? St- stress fracture in my fucking foot. And the thing is, right where the cleat is, that's where it pressed. That's where my stress fracture, the second uh. metatarsal. And it was just. And I didn't take aspirin. I didn't take nothing. I'm just like, you know. Oh, it's I, it's I watch videos like David Goggins, fucking, like that fucking <laughs> maniac. I'm like, fuck my pain, you know? Yeah. It, it took me 13 hours. And How long did
0: it take you to get over the stress factor oh, after took, that it beating? Took,
1: it took months. It took months, and that's why I started wearing Hoka's now. I, I run with Hoka. What's uh, a Hoka? Hoka, these shoes. And there's... Sp- oh, they're big pads. Yeah. Giant. That's
0: like a two-inch pad. What is uh, the well, deal Well, your with that?
1: shoe goes down in there. It's not actually... Um, but it's this uh, scientifically designed foam that absorbs uh, shock from the from the road. Oh, okay. So, um... A lot of the top, uh, Heather Jackson runs in them. She just fucking has been winning like crazy. She's so it's just so fucking m- better cushioning. Better cushion. And when you get, you know, I'm 56, so it's like I'm not a fucking dude that's recovering so quick as I used to in my 20s or whatever. So I. Do my, you ever
0: fuck with barefoot running shoes?
1: I can't, man. It's, there's no there's no cushioning. I, mm-hmm. I just can't do it. Well,
0: you run it. you do a lot of your I stuff? I run on cement. Yeah. 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 Why, in trail York, sometimes. You live in New York city? I live in
1: New York City. I might run the trail, uh, the bridal trail in Central Park if mm-hmm. I can, or run around the reservoir, but mostly my shit is all in the city, and the hokers just fucking, like, uh, you know, I'll be the next day. People say to me, yo, you must be fucked up for a week after race. I was like, I did Kona World Championships two years in a row, and the first year I did it, 2016, I fucking went uh, snorkeling with my girl the next day for, like, three hours. So, like, the inflammation's not there. I'm getting really dialed in on the equipment aspect, getting fitted for the bike, getting the right shoes to run in. And it, it, it literally took me, you know, six years to get dialed in mm-hmm. on, on even the nutrition aspect and doing them races because, like, you don't want to get a belly full of fucking gels and all this other shit, right? So, right, right. You know. So anyway, it's uh, but the recovery aspect of of what I do, like I just watched um, Goggins was on the Rich Roll podcast and he was talking about how much yoga and, st- and stretching that he's doing now, two, three, four hours of fucking. You know, and I know you're into yoga. Love it. Yeah, it's fucking great, and that's what I need to start getting back into. My girl Erica is always pushing me. She's like, fucking bought me a a a kiosk thing for fucking integral yoga, and I mean, she bought that shit for me last year. I still, <laughs> I'm, you know, it's resist it's what you resist. Like, if you read, um, have you read The War of Art by mm-hmm. Stephen? Sure, I have, I've had him on. Fucking yeah. love it.
0: Yeah, you having him on? I had him on oh, before. I fucking love him. I bought a stack of his books. Fuck. I used to give them out to my guests. The,
1: Just no, take this the book. War you got of problems, Art.
0: Any problems? Things that are keeping you. The from War being of Art. Do the work. Yeah. But he talks mm-hmm. about resistance, yep. and
1: the main thing about resistance is usually we're the most resistant to things we need the most. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's this deep shit. That book. I. I it's a great book. Every morning I sit down to write my screenplay or my next book, I read his shit. Yeah. You know, because it's just... And and the four agreements I'm big into, too. I went to... Actually, somebody got me uh, tickets to see uh, Miguel speak, Don Miguel. And it was a life-changing encounter for me, the four agreements. Don't take things personal. Always do your best... Be impeccable with your word and don't make assumptions, which I always... I've created wars in my fucking mind. Sure. And then they're like, dude, I wasn't even thinking that. What the fuck is your problem? Like, That's classic. It's fucking, dude. That's, the assumption shit is yeah. fucking crazy, man. Yeah. And I think if everybody just slowed down and read some literature on some of these teachers that, you know, humanity could do so so much
0: better. Yeah. No, um, I agree. Um Pressfield's great, man. And what what he does say about resistance is so so powerful because there there is something that keeps you from doing things that you know you're supposed to do. Yeah. And when you do them, you feel so much better. It's like, why didn't I just do it? Like, why did it what was all this procrastination and bullshit that was involved in me like putting this off? And then when you finally do, every time I walk out of a yoga class, I'm like, I got to do that again tomorrow. I got to keep this ball rolling. Yeah. This is this is a part of my I life. I got
1: to get I got to yeah. get Well, especially
0: for a guy like you because everything is tight. You know, racing and running and everything, and then and then when you're on stage, everything is fucking crush, 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 kill, destroy. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like the the thing about yoga is it's static; these poses and stretches, and your your core gets activated, and everything gets lengthened. It's just it's a smart way to maintain. your Well, you know what it is.
1: I I try to justify it by going, well, I do yoga at the gym when before you know, because I'll do my trigger point, and then I do all my trigger point, myofascial release, all that, and then. In the last 15 minutes my girl's like that shit don't count it's something it's you, better than nothing you need to go yeah. no but I remember how I used to feel when I would come out of those yoga classes in 81 I, I would feel like I could jump over a fucking building Yeah. and I need I need I need to get back to that but even in the resistance aspect it, you know what not doing what you're resistant and it could be something like oh I made an agreement with myself to fucking straighten out the papers on my desk and go through all this shit and mm-hmm. if I don't do it it puts me in the worst fucking mood. Sure, because that's what resistance. Yeah, when you cave in and you give in to resistance, man, it's like you, you. And it could be the smallest little little thing, like you know, anything. Yeah, and it just it just irks the fuck out of you. I'm I'm like yo, so I try to. That's a good philosophy to live by, and you know, to to have something
0: that's been fucking with you, some things you're putting off, whether it's getting back into yoga or. Cleaning up your diet, or quitting smoking, or whatever it is, the, the having that thing over your head where you know you haven't taken care of it makes you think less of yourself. It Makes Absolutely. you respect yourself
1: less. Yeah, and the, and and that's one of the things I I tell these everybody I work with because I mean literally today, and I'm not bullshitting. I'm tr- I don't try to be like you know I don't even say I'm some kind of teacher, whatever. I just pass the info to these motherfuckers. I, today I had fucking four people come up to me on the street, yo. Heard you on Rich Wall, fucking saw you on Vice, dude. Love what you're doing. Man, you fucking helped me. I got into triathlon now. I quit fucking drugs. This guy yeah. told me that yeah. today. And he's like, yo, I quit drugs. I fucking stopped drinking. That That's what it's all about. That is what it's now, all about. Yeah. Now, am I, am, am I going to give a fuck and be like zone in on something and find fault with what the fuck he's doing? I was like, yo, man, props to you, dude. Fucking, you know, you could do anything, you know, you apply yourself to, it, and that's really... You know, um, my whole thing in life is to just, uh, you know, and that's what Prabhupada did. Prabhupada came to America in his 70s aboard the Jaladutta, crossed two oceans, had two heart attacks, almost passed away. But his teacher in India said to go to America at 70 years old with $7 and a case of Bhagavatam's. And he came to America, to the Lower East Side, to the Bowery. What's a Bhagavatam? The Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam is what's known as the spotless Purana. It's uh, the Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam is an ancient literature in India. It's called, it's part of the Puranas. It's called the spotless Puranas. So, so there's ten, of the 10 cantos. He didn't even have, the, he brought the original texts that have been passed down from one teacher to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next in India. And they said, his teacher Bhakti Siddhanta said, you need to write these books in English for the world, to help the world. So he didn't, all the people in India were like, Swamiji, you know, you are, you are at the end of your life. Why are you going to go to America? It's a very dangerous place. Not only did he go to America, he went to fucking New York, to the Bowery. They robbed him. He slept on the floor. He fed people. He cooked me. Allen Ginsberg got him his first storefront over there called Matchless Gifts. And they saw the humility of this person, Prabhupada. And what he did for people, how he had so much love. He would cook the meal, serve everybody, clean up before he would even eat a grain of rice. He had no possessions, none. He slept on the floor on a mat. And they saw the humility of him and he just, and when I learned his story, there's a great documentary on him called Your Ever Well Wisher on YouTube. And it's about his life and how he came. And, and you know, acharya means one who leads by example. It's not what, and I've learned this just by these big mouths that are out there that talk so much shit. It ain't what the fuck you say, it's what you do. It's about your action and your words and how you interact with other people and how you see other people. Even these fucking so called celebrities, it's when the cameras ain't on, how do you treat people? Right. You know, what the fuck is the real core of your existence? What are you here to do? And when I saw Propod and, 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 um, you know, read all this stuff on him, and, and then started taking up the process. I was like, you know, um, it just changed changed my life. So, that, you know, for the better. Yeah. So, well,
0: by you saying that, and it it's very enticing for people, right? Like, the I want to do what he's doing. I want to I want to feel better like he's feeling better. That's what's amazing about having someone who's a a, a great role model, meaning like, I mean, you might not even think of yourself as a role model, but by living your life by example, by doing things that you should do, by being healthy, by being active and enthusiastic, but you've got passion about what you're doing, about your music, about pushing yourself, about your books, about uh, the, the exercise. And when you do that, People that don't have purpose in their life, they see that and they go, that's what I'm missing. I'm missing – because we're missing so many things in this life. But one of the things that people are missing is role models. They're missing someone who they can look up to and go, oh, I, this is the way to do it. And, they, and when you emulate their lifestyle and start thinking the way they think and using their lessons and applying them to your own life, you start seeing benefits. And then
1: that passes down to other people who see you Advanced. it's like a candle one candle could light a yes. hundred like hr was that for me mm-hmm. like hr could have been telling me to worship fucking cheetos and and i would have done it thankfully mm-hmm. he was into the right shit right but i would see him go on stage and i would see his humility he wouldn't he would always say ja is the ability of anything that i have he would always give praises to the most high to ja rastafari Humble as fucking hell. And the best musicians to ever... Those four motherfuckers are praised by every single fucking musician today. If you talk Doc, Daryl, Earl, and Gary, Dr. No, every motherfucking musician out there will be like those dudes are the fucking Dons because they study music. They were into jazz, and they were into fucking Return to Forever, and John McLaughlin, Mahavishnu. Doc in, in, in 81 was like, they call me Squids because they met me in the Navy. Yo, Squids, I want to take you to the Palladium. Return to Forever. Why do they call you Squids? Because I was. They met me in the Navy. Oh, so Squids <laughs> like a squid.
0: Yo, Squids. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, and then uh, and then they call me Johnny Joe. So that's where the John Joseph. I didn't use my last name because I was fucking a fugitive for fifteen years. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So wow. uh, the the thing was, he's you know, Return to Forever is Al Dimiola, Lenny White. Stanley Clark and who, I'm missing Chikoria. Mm-hmm. Fucking, do you ever listen to this shit?
0: Stanley Dude, you Clark, wanna go down yeah. a
1: motherfucking, no, listen to Return to Forever, Romantic Word. You wanna go down a rabbit hole with how fucking amazing these fucking musicians are, or Weather Report, or any of these, you know, Maha Vishnu, uh, Birds of Fire. Like they started turning to me, and he would say, Squids. This is how we learn to play what the fuck we play. And nobody could touch the bad brains musically, energy on stage, nothing. And I would see these dudes, I'd be like, what the fuck are you into? And then the role models that, like you said, it, you know, we need good role models. Yes. There's, there's, you know, there's so many fucked up people that uh, these kids want to emulate today. You yeah. know, and I see it because I came up in New York. I worked in all the underground hip hop clubs. I worked for the Pope Pot. I used to deliver pot to all the rap stars. I delivered pot. pot. My friend, uh, this dude, Matt, worked for TriStar. He was like, yo, meet me at the Boston Comedy Club. There's this black comedian there, and he's going to be fucking huge. And I would show up on my bike. And you know, who, you know who the fuck it was? Dave Chappelle. Dave fucking Chappelle. Dave fucking Chappelle. And when he did Half-Baked, did you notice that he put the weed delivery guy in all bike gear? Where the fuck you think you got that from? <laughs> really? I used to show up. I never carried a bag. I showed up with a $4,000 carbon fiber, carbon fiber frame, and I had a black water bottle, and all the weed bags was in the two water bottles, so it just looked like I was a cyclist out on a motherfucking, out on a ride. Oh, wow. And Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And then Dave, uh, Dave Chappelle, within, he, he blew up so fast. Matt Hine was the guy's name. He was the publicist at, at TriStar Pictures. And then I delivered to him at the Boston Comedy Club. And within, like, months, he was living in some palatial fucking spot on, like, 2nd Avenue and 15th. And the, and I'm like, yo, how the fuck did you get from there to here? And he just, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, it's like, um, you know, just thankfully the dude's, Showed me the right path in life, and uh, I've been I've been trying to stick with it and and pay it forward. That's my whole thing is paying it forward, mm-hmm. paying the knowledge forward. Paying, you go out of my way to fucking help people. I feed the homeless in New York. I sponsor uh, a soup kitchen. I've done benefits that have been on MTV because you know I grew up being starved, man, in a foster home. Like th- this bitch fed us; she would take uh, Oreos. And she didn't like the filling, so she would scrape off the filling and spit it in a bowl and put it on green molded bread. That was our meal for the day. So we had to learn to scam as kids. They fed us rotten food. We were never allowed in the house. They beat the shit out of us. They were so cheap, they made us clean their carpets with toilet bowl brushes. New toilet bowl brushes because they didn't want to run the electricity. All seven kids had to take a bath in the same fucking bathtub water. One after the other. So how did we get around that? We went to the fucking gas station and we would fucking bathe, do bucket showers, and everything was about survival. It was all survival, survival. Even even on the streets, I was a heroin mule. That's how I survived. I I, I left St. John's. That's how I got into punk rock. You know the Ramones, rock, 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 rock away, beach. Mm -hmm. st john's home for boys rockaway beach 1976 i'm like yo i'm where and i started getting into iggy pop and all that and then you know it was and then i'm seeing the ramones hanging out at 116th street at the circle and um and when i split from the boys home i moved in with these junkies in this bungalow and they're like yo go down to alphabet city you're gonna you're gonna carry all the heroin back for us so that was my gig And then he set the guy up and robbed him and all this crazy shit. Then I was making fake acid and going to the garden and just a fucking street urchin. And then I got into the angel dust, uh, selling it in Forest Park at the Dome. Frank Grillo's father knew who I, you know Frank Grillo, the actor? Yeah, he's friends with Callan. Yeah, very good friends. Fucking, he's another great human being, man. Uh, Frank, uh, I know from Crunch, I met him at Crunch actually. Like there was a lot of cool people. That were, and his father, he goes, yo, I just read this guy's book. Like, you hung out. His father was, like, supposedly homeless and far. You remember this kid that used to hang out with Disco and all these and Bobby Bird and all these guys and sell? So, he's like, yo, where the fuck did you hear those names? Like, is this guy John, you know, John Joseph. He was a fucking kid back then and, and uh, you know, was, was on the streets over there fucking selling, selling dust at the Dome. Mm-hmm. and uh so just all you know all that crazy like i've been around all those negative people and tried to like you know i had people this one guy junior nuts and dougie host and they both got murdered but they would be like take that pipe and go smash that guy in the fucking face with it and i would do it because i was 14 years old i'm on the fucking streets and you know you try to impress crazy motherfuckers by being crazy Right, and I did a lot of fucked up stupid shit in my life that I'm still trying to write uh the karmic scales for, so my work will never be done until the last breath I take in the, in this lifetime i I'm trying to help trying to help people. And, uh, you know, what, what? by whatever methods I, I can, you know, that's what. Well, that's a beautiful path,
0: man. I mean, you've turned a terrible situation and a terrible, terrible circumstances into a way that you've created now where you're inspiring people all the time. That's very positive. I mean, just the impact that you have. I think one of the things that we were talking about earlier about all the negativity that people have online, I think part of the problem with that is. I don't think people totally understand communication. I think what we're handed is these tools to distribute our thoughts and our information, and we're trying to get rudimentary reactions. And we're not understanding that these reactions don't just stop with the person that we're interacting with, they affect ourselves, because they affect how we feel about ourselves. If you write some petty shit about someone, you don't really respect yourself. Yeah. You, you you feel If you write some nasty, snarky, petty shit about someone, and you're insulting for no reason you know you're insulting for no reason and you feel it yourself you don't have great self-respect for yourself for that and then on top of that that person that you hurt their feelings they might perhaps interact with other people negatively because of that as well it's a chain reaction and they might get they might become the first to attack next because they've been attacked before, too. So they start acting that way. In the first. What it is is a, a lack of understanding that a lot of us have, all of us. I've been guilty of it, too, of the impact that our, that our communication has. Absolutely. Because we're not thinking about it in a comprehensive, wide-scale look. We're thinking about it in terms of, that is annoying to me, so I'm going to fuck that guy's world up by saying shitty things about him and his fat, stupid face and whatever you want to say about him and, and insult them. And I'm going to
1: tell you stuff. what a lot of the problem is, too, and, and I see it all the time. We're losing the art of even having a conversation between human beings because this is what everybody does. Yeah. When, when you see them going down the motherfucking street and, yo, New York is still motherfucking dangerous. And now all these motherfucking texting zombies mm-hmm. that they, they come out of the club and they're fucking... Right.
0: They're, they're getting walking robbed. traffic. They're getting yeah. fucking
1: robbed. They're getting run over. They're getting fucking... Yeah. Crazy, you know, but the thing is, is like this, right? Now, we have a law. I go out with my friend Jake from Rocks Off in New York City. He does all the Rocks Off tours and does all this stuff. He has a rule. When he goes out to dinner, everyone has to hand their motherfucker's cell phone in to the fucking maitre d' and no cell phones so that you sit there and talk with each other. You have, The conversation, and it's what is, you know, I saw this whole special, and it was... Um, It was on CNN, and it was Anderson Cooper, and um, it was the guy that was teaching mindfulness. I forget. uh, He's been teaching meditation. I wrote about him in my book. So the whole rule was they had to be mindful the entire time that they were at this thing. They had no cell phone, no TV, no nothing. And they had to be mindful when they ate, mindful uh, when they took a shower, mindful when they walked down the street, remaining mindful during conversations, respecting other people. And... Like, it was heads of the, the heads, the CEO of fucking Google and all these big companies were there. And what they learned at this retreat for the 10 days or whatever that they were there a week, it was so powerful that they took that and implemented that in their companies. And now, Google. They make everybody sit down in a fucking auditorium before they start their day up there in uh, Silicon Valley or wherever the fuck they are. And they have to just sit there for 10 minutes and be mindful and meditate and be mindful. And that's something that's becoming uh, a lost part of humanity because it, you know, the, 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 the Internet and all of this right. shit, it's like people are losing touch with themselves and, and with each other. Yeah. you don't validate me. I don't gotta. You know what I do when them people, when they even knew I was coming on here and they was talking shit, I fucking deleted them. I didn't even read their motherfucking comments. Once I saw a few toxic words, I'm like, fuck you, delete, block, see you fucking later. To me, it's out of sight, out of mind. I just don't have time. Uh,
0: for people capable
1: of that, for yeah, yeah. because uh, you know, I still have the tendency to do the four disagreements. I -hmm. I do take things personal. I will make assumptions. I'm I'm a work in progress. I'm not healed. Just like I say, I'm always going to be an addict. There's always that possibility that I'm going to fucking, I have to have my coat of armor, which I say my sword of fucking PMA and my coat of armor, which is everything I do every day. But I'm not beyond the shit I'm trying to. So, you know, why the fuck do I want to go hang out with, very negative people or, or listen you know or if somebody starts talking shit about somebody else you know what i say to them now yo my man did you tell so and so that why the fuck you telling me i don't want i don't want to hear it right and, and i forget which philosopher said it but he goes the only true uh examination of our, like when we find fault in others it's really what we're seeing in ourselves we're pointing out the bad shit in ourselves. And For we're sure. We're constantly yeah. fault-finding, you know, with other people. Yeah. And it comes back to that fly mentality, man. I just, you know, and, and try to set the good example. And that's another thing Prabhupada said. Example better than precept. And right now, you just have a motherfucking bunch of people talking shit instead of trying to be the example and try to live it and do it. There are a ton of people out there that's crushing it. And Staying positive and doing you know getting off drugs getting off alcohol like even the people in this program man You don't even know the shit that these guys have been through. It's it's fucking insane. Can you imagine? spending 20 years in a fucking jail cell Or going to Pelican Bay or going to Pelican Bay and being in the shoe like what the fuck that does to human beings like the strength that that Takes, and I'm going to tell you, uh, and the other reason I got involved is because my uncle, back in the day, worked at Chino Prison uh, in the 70s and 80s. He was like the assistant warden or something in Chino. Now, Chino, if you know the prison system, what they call that here in California is gladiator school. But there's a documentary about this guy, and he's a former Navy SEAL, and he went in there. And the documentary is called Salvaged Lives. And he went in there and taught these guys. He put them through like a little bud ding, squirted them with holes, trained them fucking hard as hell, taught them every aspect of commercial diving. And when they got released, he got them jobs on oil rigs and all this stuff, making six figures. And the guys who were working for these oil companies, they said, these are the most skilled fucking people that we've ever had come to work for these companies. So between... Trying to be the set a good example and seeing the people before me that's done it and wanting to reach out and help people and seeing and my uncle telling me about this guy and then seeing the documentary when it came on, I was just like, I gotta try to do something to to turn the tide and having a platform mm. like Netflix or whoever's gonna pick up this documentary, it's like, you know, it's it's it could show people. Listen, stop incarcerating motherfuckers. It's about education, not incarceration. These are not animals, these are human beings. Yeah, it's a broken system. It is for sure.
0: It's not helping anybody. It's just making people harder criminals and it's just punishing them by keeping them locked in a cage and they never get any better. And you know, th- and the idea is that you're, you're removing the dangerous elements of society and protecting the rest of us. Yeah, I get that, but there this idea of rehabilitation, it's non-existent. For now the they most even part.
1: removed the uh, the exercise equipment in the prison cuz yeah, now they if think you watch be 13th, more dangerous, right? Yeah. You know, it's basically, like, warehousing bodies, man, and they violate them. One dude got violated for smoking a cigarette in the facility, and they sent him back to serve the rest of his fucking sentence. It's crazy, especially out here in California. Like, California and Texas and Florida, man, it's fucking crazy you know, and, and, and look, I look back to the whole situation that went down in the 80s because I really try to do research and the whole thing that went down, you had uh, Nancy fucking Reagan saying, just say no. And you know what George Bush Sr. was doing to fund all his operations in South America? You know about that? Selling crack. Fucking selling motherfucking crack. Yeah. The vice president was bringing the cocaine, landing it. I've in, had
0: Freeway Ricky on.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. Landing the planes in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. right governor clinton and transporting the cocaine and then you see the tom cruise movie fuck yeah i saw it i loved it what is it called made in america made in america made in america yeah yeah and the thing was and then they passed they passed these draconian fucking drug laws like i think you could get caught i forget what the exact amount of grams were of minute part Portion of crack cocaine and there was dudes getting busted with quarter pounds of fucking coke But that's the white man's and they would get fucking a slap on the wrist. These dudes would go away for 10 years So they they put the coke in the neighborhoods. They funded all their operations in South America and then they passed draconian drug laws And this was the Clintons. Hello. I was also friends with Michael
0: Rupert Michael Rupert was the guy who exposed all that do you remember they had those uh, town hall meetings with the DEA and the CIA and uh, Michael Rupert, who was uh, he was a homicide detective for the Los Angeles Police Department.
1: You know what I did? You I did I did I think uh, I forget. Wasn't he Where? a homicide? He was homicide, right? So, yeah. And he um,
0: he went in front of this this big meeting on CNN and he explained it to every was it C-SPAN or CNN? I don't remember, but it was on television, and he explained that he busted the CIA selling drugs in the inner city. And that he has documents that can prove there's a detailed history of them selling drugs, then using those profits overseas. There was
1: a documentary about it that came out. And it was these big, uh, the fucking big uh, drug uh, dudes in L.A. said, yeah, these guys would yeah. just show up with fucking van loads of fucking coke. And you just- ever see that video of him talking in front of those people? See if you find that video, because it's a fucking crazy
0: eye-opening video. But there's they're having this... Town hall meeting. Here it is,
1: right here. Fuck. Oh yeah, I saw yeah. this. I saw. Drugs throughout this country for a long time. Fuck yeah, man. Hell yeah. People were like what? C-span.
0: <laughs> they were like what? The
1: brothers is yeah, yeah. People
0: went crazy. Allegations of CIA involvement in drug trafficking. Fuck tragedy. yeah, they, they,
1: they listen. All right. Listen. I, I re- All right that is an answer for a lot of you now can you please I refer
0: alright now can you please I refer it. Wait, wait 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 a minute people just yelling shit out they're like what the fuck the CIA selling drugs Yo, but and a do you cop know- just
1: told everybody that do you know that they declassified those papers to fucking those you can read all of yeah. those papers now online that right. they fucking did that shit Freedom of Information and then they acts. invent then they invested in the fucking prisons yeah. So they're making money. They- well,
0: that's the crazy thing is privatized prisons. Oh, it's that insane. Is the, the most evil thing that you can make money, and therefore you're incentivized to make draw, uh, drug laws more strict so you can get more people in prison so you generate more income.
1: 13th, man. If you ain't seen that fucking documentary, yeah. it's, it's why I, 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 when I saw that, I knew what my calling was to do. Because, I, I, you know, Noah Levine, he wrote this book, Dharma Punks, and he's been a Buddhist. He was a heroin addict. He used to do a Buddhist ministry in the prisons and and change these people's lives. And, uh, you know, he, he they came out in this magazine called Satcha, and I read this article. So Satcha in Sanskrit means the mode of goodness. So that's what this magazine was called, and I read this article about these inmates that he was working with, and one of them said... Uh, he was never getting out. He's, uh, you know, life without the possibility. And he said, if I had access to the information of what I've learned through this program, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So then that planted the seed in me. And then just seeing what the whole shit's turned into, how the people that really need the the food deserts and everything that's going on in this country and the research I've done and everything I've been talking about and fighting uh, for change by taking action against the fucked up shit, and then thirteenth coming out and just lit another fire under me. I'm like, man, you know, let's fucking like help these people, man. And and um, but yeah, the whole I knew about all that coke shit uh, back in the fucking day, and and at first I was like, yo, because Congress wouldn't cut a check to him uh, to do his dirty fucking shit down in South America. We got our hands in wars all over this fucking trying to take down governments all over this fucking planet, man. It's it's insane what... Yeah, that Barry Seal story is
0: fantastic, too. Yeah. That's the guy who they that Tom Cruise played in that movie. I mean, it's a fucked-up version of it in the movie. I'm sure it's not totally yeah. accurate. But that guy was selling drugs, and he was going to South America and bringing them over and dropping them off in Arkansas while go, Clinton was the governor. And, and he
1: pardoned him. The DEA yeah. the, the yes. dude it was like, I fucking got you. Yep. Call comes, let him go. Guess yeah. who it was? Clinton. Bill Clinton.
0: yeah. That's that's fact, dude.
1: That's a fucking fact. Yeah, that really it's did like, happen. And then you get, you know, Hillary Clinton. I'm for black people and this right. and that. No, you ain't. You yeah. and now she's like, yeah, we have to change the fucking prison laws and the sentencing laws on drugs. Yo, you created those. The three strikes was yeah. your fucking husband. Yeah.
0: She's a a fascinating character because people wanna think of her as being this super progressive person because she's a woman and because she's a Democrat. She didn't even believe in gay marriage until two thousand thirteen. She
1: talked shit. I got I got fucking I saw videos of her talking shit against gay marriage and and, and, and like, you know, marriage should be the unity of a man and a woman yeah. and guy. Like, yeah, it's all political.
0: It's all they're always, all mouthpieces. Yeah. They,
1: they change their, no one can take a stance and say, this is who the fuck I am, no matter right. what group I'm talking in front of. That's who I look to and have respect. I don't change my stance on shit. Well, you remember when Bernie Sanders was trying to get her to release the
0: transcripts of those speeches that she gave in front of the bankers? Come on, tell us what you said. Those fucking things were buried, long gone, like no chance. You're not going to release those. That would be some dark shit where she's making sure that you're going to make more money. You get me an office. I'm going to make sure you keep making money. We're here to make you make more money. So
1: what I've seen... uh, your comments on, on Trump to some point. What do you think about homeboy? This, I think no one should be president. And I think the idea of having a
0: popularity contest I like is that. fucking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What we should have is a council of wise people. And they should have- Old school. Yeah. The real sh- shit. should be a group of the most wise economists. Qualified. Yes. But, I mean, you should you, – your your work should be judged. Like, it shouldn't be partisan. It shouldn't be you're trying to appeal to social justice warriors or radical progressives or radical conservatives or, you know, right-wing Christian fundamentalists. It should be you're making sense because you understand law and fairness and ethics and morals and values. And you understand, like, with an objective sense and an educated sense of how to establish a quality community of human beings a civilization in which people can prosper in which laws are fair and in which we we establish what are what what, what do we find necessary what do we find important what's imperative education community, all these different values and enforce those and it, it somehow or another figure out a way to make this world a better place than what it is now. Engineer a better place. That's not what we
1: get. Yeah. What you
0: get is some person... Who says they're going to do all kinds of shit until they get in there, and they very rarely do.
1: Did you see the AB shit that they just put up for all of fucking Trump, like the shitty promise on the campaign, and now what, what he's doing? actually doing? It's fucking. No one's done any different. But ba- Obama, Obama did the Obama same did the shit. Sa- Obama did the same shit. Yeah, I mean, do all... forget. Listen, Hillary you know, would have done the same shit. They all they all do the same shit. And, and and the thing that fucks me up the most is the popular vote doesn't decide who the fuck gets in. It's ridiculous. It's fucking yeah. the electoral colleges. What the fuck is that? Yeah. What is that? What is that shit? That who anymore? is that? Who the fuck are all yeah, those motherfuckers?
0: Representative government was a great idea when you had to get on a fucking horse and take your ass to Washington in order to place your votes. You don't have to do that anymore. You could vote instantaneously. People should be able to vote on issues with their phone, okay? Your phone's in your pocket all the time. You should be able to... First of all, you should have some sort of understanding of what you're voting on. You should have to... pass some sort of a test they should say like do you want to vote about you know do you w- want to vote on spending do you want to vote on health care how much do you understand about healthcare? care well let's take a, a test and the people that can pass the test understanding what the consequences are or why they're doing this then you should be able to vote but this this should be something that y- you, have, you should have some skin in the game there should be some Absolutely. some understanding of what this system is instead you know look i'm not a a giant supporter of any mainstream media whether it's uh, right wing or left wing but there's something fucked up about these people from CNN going to these Trump rallies and you got hundreds of people giving them the finger fuck you you're fake news fucking they got American flag t-shirts on it's yeah there's there's a, a nonsense almost pro wrestling aspect to all this is what it's become but he's profiting off this. Trump is this is for his is his advantage. He set this up yeah, because they he found a broken system and he said, "Oh, I'll just fucking rig this system. I know how to get people to like me. I've been doing this forever. I'm a cocky, arrogant billionaire. That's my shtick. I'm going to walk up there with my $5,000 suit on and I'm going to wow the shit out of these dummies and I'm going to have them cheering for me Until
1: these guys are fake news. You sh- sit down, you're fake news and everybody goes crazy and yeah, cheers. Yeah, did you see they somebody just This video was, I think it was, uh, might have been CNN that posted, and it was like the toxic level of it was this group, and they were just yelling at Jim Acosta. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I'm talking about. That's that's who I I saw, and they were all like, "Fuck you!" And the chick that was fucking screaming. I'll tell you something, because I'm a a native New Yorker, and I have friends that are in the unions, and they built fucking Trump burned a lot of fucking people. And got rid of fucking skilled labor and skilled fucking uh, union people and burned union people and hired illegals to do the fucking work in his fucking bill. All this shit this guy says, he's, you know, everybody says what they have to say in order to get... The votes and... He didn't have a good reputation amongst construction terrible, people. Yeah. Terrible. And also not for paying his bills, too. Yeah, he so qu-
0: many lawsuits against him. How about that fucking him.
1: school that he fucking yeah, had? Trump like University. Trump, yeah. U- Trump, Trump Trump University. <laughs> if you gave but, that motherfucker your money... But you know
0: what? That doesn't mean that Hillary would have been a good choice no. either. She was a terrible choice. Uh, She's uh, a w- corrupt politician, one of the most unlikable people that's ever run for office. She, in so many ways, crazy. And, and shit. they were trying to get it. They were trying to get people to be uh, supporting her just because she's a woman. There was mm-hmm. a lot of that. It's like this is going to be her history. You know, women, ladies, the, I stand with her. So there's all these women that have this blind allegiance towards this career politician. It's completely full of shit. She's been full of shit forever. If you watch the conversation between James Comey when James Comey testified about what he did and what they found with the Hillary Clinton emails and then her version of it. She's just a straight liar. Yeah. She, she deleted 33,000 emails. How the fuck
1: do you do that? And then, and then...
0: Uh... Even worse than that, when they rigged the DNC, they rigged the primaries so that Bernie Sanders was going to lose. They I mean, they, she had her people Yo, into the DNC that was crazy. way in advance. That Donna Brazil book about it is mind-blowing. Yes. Yeah. The
1: thing was, he, he he was packing fucking stadiums. Yeah. She couldn't even fill a fucking high school gymnasium.
0: Right. Fucking. She was pulling all the strings, and she had all the favors that she was pulling in, and she had a shit ton of money behind her, and they were completely arrogant, and all the liberal elite in the media thought there was no chance that she was going to lose. She's 95% shoo-in to win the presidency, and she walked around like she was 95%. She already thought she
1: won. Yeah. But you had the Benghazi shit. What the yes. fuck was up with that? Exactly. What yeah. the fuck was going on over there? A lot that, of lies. And, and you know, uh, with the dirt that's on, I, I hope you know whatever. Bill Clinton, I know you eat vegan sometimes, so do really doesn't send anymore. nobody. Out. He yeah, a, he had a real
0: problem with it. Well, you know what?
1: When, 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 uh, it just the, the when, it's us the heat rotting them out from yeah, the inside. Yeah. <laughs> All the times he pulled, his but dick like. Out. <laughs> 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 no, but like, how the away. fuck did she
0: get away with that? Like, what? Like, well, how about shaming all the women that came out and accused him? She would attack those women and go after them, and the, you know, I mean, Bourdain talked about that recently before he killed himself. There was a a, a thing about what she had done to attack the women who were victims of Bill. You know, especially earlier yeah. in her
1: career. Oh God, she fucking she represented child molesters.
0: That yeah. was one of the things that she did yeah. earlier in her career. She got them off. You know, there's a there's a videotape that uh, Dave Smith was she was uh, laughing talking about. in one yeah. of them about the yeah.
1: victims. Like I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with? Well, she like... was laughing about the effectiveness
0: of lie detector tests. She's like obviously they don't work. Ha, yeah, ha, yeah. Ha, ha. Yeah, yeah she's uh, uh, she's piece of work. She is, man. She's a long time, lifelong politician and a lawyer. And I mean, what about what all
1: the shit that went down in Arkansas, the shit that the whole, they were all accused of back in the day? What was that? The, uh, the Whitewater thing. Whitewater yeah, fucking yeah, thing. The Whitewater yeah. shit, like, and just the string of people that have been fucking whacked who tried to- How about to- Vince Foster? Yo,
0: what the- There's a great book I read a long time ago <laughs> called The Strange Death of Vince Foster. It's like, wait a minute, what? They found the gun in his hand, which you never do when you kill yourself. When you shoot yourself, when you shoot yourself and you pull that trigger, blam, everything goes, the gun goes flying, you don't hold on to it. There's recoil in the gun, it's like, you know. And you blew your brains out, you're not holding your gun anymore, it goes flying. And he was, he had the gun in his hand and the blood that was missing from his body was not on the scene of the crime. So the researchers think that they moved his body. He was dead, they put him there and rigged the crime scene. And then put a gun in his hand, oh, case closed. But How- <laughs> what was he testifying? He
1: was going to fucking... He
0: knew he had information about Whitewater. Yeah. You know I mean? What he was going to say, and who who knows? They killed him. We'll yeah. never find out. How about the guy that uh, was one of the, the whistleblowers for Enron, shot himself in the head twice.
1: <laughs> How'd he do that? That
0: shit's hilarious. <laughs> you shoot yourself in the head twice. Well, case closed. That's clearly a suicide. I mean, I guess you could kind of graze your head if you pussied out, like, ah, and you're like, fuck, I'm bleeding, Yeah, yeah. You could do it. It is possible, but it's more likely somebody killed them. Yeah, it's just, there's... People kill people. It's part of the thing. When you're involved with billion-dollar deals with giant corporations, and they also tied into the military-industrial complex, who, by the way kill innocents all the time and write it off like all this this shit that happened with drones what's the number it's like in the high 80s or 90 percent innocent people killed by drones they don't worry about that you think they're going to worry about some guy who's going to sink monsanto or sink enron or sink the clintons or sink anybody fuck that send the boys get them whacked clean it up absolutely good shot himself the head twice okay (laughs) press conference we're all good everything's wonderful Here's Monsanto
1: with some new glyphosate. Yep. It's going to fix your corn. You'll <laughs> never have to... Fucking pick weeds, but I I read this thing that most of the oh, most of the glyphosate that's being put out there is by people on their fucking own homes, like yeah, what they do it They don't know any better. Yeah. They spray
0: Roundup. It's, uh, it's uh, you know I have a friend who had bone cancer and he lived near a golf course and they put so many pesticides in the golf course that it got into the groundwater. Right, and he said all these people in his neighborhood got cancer. Yeah, and he wound up. He he has a, a fake femur bone. Wow. Like one of his femur bones, a metal it's a metal bone. He got bone cancer. They right. had cut his bone out and they replaced it with this metal
1: pipe. Well my it's dark uh, shit. you know, the the history of them too was Agent orange and all this other shit. And my uncle was forced recon in the Marines and he got fucking like everyone in his uh, units that got, you know, they're behind fucking enemy lines and every got MS, cancer, oh, yeah. fucking the shit. They were spraying
0: that shit on our own fucking troops. Yeah, well, they figured, look, this is, a be- this is the way we got to get rid re- of the-, the problem is they're hiding in the jungle. We got to get rid of the jungle. Yeah. Let's just kill the jungle with poison. I mean, this is crazy thinking. Yeah. They just sprayed chemicals all over the jungle to kill the fucking forest so they could see where the enemy are hiding. Like... And then they had the troops walking through those chemicals. It's fucking nuts. It is. And history will not judge them kindly. When they step back and think about what they actually did. I mean, it's in the 1960s. It's our parents' generation. And the way we look at it, it's almost like this unfortunate thing that happened. But I almost think we're too close to it to recognize how horrific it is that the soldiers who were putting their lives on the line in their thought, to defend our freedom over in America, we're getting poisoned.
1: Well, by by look, their own government. Look at Iraq. Where were they putting all the sure. depleted uranium? Exactly. All sure. these soldiers are coming back from the Gulf War and everything else. We're dumping all the fucking depleted uranium over mm-hmm. in, over there. It's a dumping ground for us. They're getting fucking- Not just dumping. They were using it as rounds. Yeah. And they were using it right. as anti-tank rounds. That's what I rounds. meant. They were yeah. putting it in-, in they, and they were weaponizing it. Uh-huh. And, and then all the fucking troops are coming back having fucking kids with deformities and getting cancer and all yep. this shit- Turned down for their benefits. Yeah, they denied
0: it was even denied an Denied it. Yeah. Fucking, what the fuck is that? They don't care. It's, it's all about money for them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're distantly removed from it the same way someone's distantly removed from factory farming if they buy a burger at a restaurant yeah. or a burger at a, a, a fast food joint. They're not thinking about a pig... That's in that can that makes that McGrib. They're not thinking yeah. about that, and the people the that disconnect. Are, isn't... Yeah, and the people that are thinking about the numbers on the paper. Look, they, they're number crunchers. They got to save the government some money. Deny them. Deny
1: them. Make them fight it. Yep. Make them fight that's it. What there's they is no do. Gulf they give War up. syndrome. Yeah, they, there's they, nothing. my uncle gave up. Did you see detachment? Speaking of uh, the military-industrial complex, did you see the, the latest movie that came out with Woody Harrelson, Shock and Awe? Have you seen that? No, yet? I didn't see that. About how. Oh, they uncovered the whole fucking thing about how the fucking weapons of mass destruction was just a complete lie. Every news media outlet except for one lied and backed up the government's claim and the whole shit. The Times all, Times, ended up apologizing like we got it wrong. Yeah. So you go in there, you fucking send troops in there, you fucking kill how many millions of fucking innocent people over there. And and it, to what to sell to sell fucking weapons and, and push another and yeah and then there's a justification after the act well like, hey it was a good thing to get
0: Saddam Hussein there out of there anyway he was a bad guy it's yeah like, but yeah but the CIA
1: worked with him yeah. in the early '80s and sure. gave him the fucking gas that he used so oh, yeah. what the fuck is like you know that was just some yeehaw shit because yeah. fucking homeboy uh, you know.
0: Well, it was, it was, they took advantage of an opportunity. We got attacked, you know, September 11th, the planes get hit by the, or the towers get hit by the planes. Everybody wanted action, and this was an right. opportunity for them to take advantage of this call for action. And even though we we're going against someone that had nothing to do with the attacks on September 11th, people felt like something was happening. The head guy yeah. from,
1: from, from, uh... Department of Defense was like, what what do you mean they're fucking—you got to see this movie. It's all fact-based, too. It's like, what do you mean we're going—Iraq didn't have anything to do with it. What the fuck are we going into Iraq? Oh, well, he—and you know. then they tried to say he let uh, Osama bin Laden—and they said if Osama bin Laden met Saddam Hussein face-to-face, he would tell him to go fuck himself. That's (laughs) how different uh, ideologies those two had. Yeah, Osama bin Laden was religious— he's very re- yeah
0: uh,
1: it's fucking crazy yeah, that, so and that they was sold was secular. it they just sold it they kept but what's great about the movie is it shows how they just started force-feeding the information out there to create this fucking feverish kill 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 fucking mentality that the americans well this uh, is know, the
0: same thing you're seeing with these people screaming at jim acosta yeah you can manipulate dummies mindsets and this is what they do. I mean, this—it's an easy way to pull the strings of the most easily led. You got to think: who's going to these rallies in the first place? Most of these people that are going to these, like Trump rallies or something like that, they're morons. That's why they're going to these things. They don't have shit to do. Even if you're a Trump supporter, if you're an intelligent Trump supporter, which I do believe is possible, yeah. you're a person who's not going to go to a rally. You have—you have a job. Yeah, you're <laughs> my doing buddy something Jimmy Brady—he's
1: a fucking Iron Man. He's a firefighter, in New York. He's fucking got three kids. a lot of the New York city fire fire department and police department sported Trump. He ain't going to no fucking Trump rallies. No. I mean he's like he, no. you know he's a fucking really smart cat and 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 uh those people are lost people, and they yeah. found their
0: hero and this the problem with a guy like Trump is he's like he's an asshole, but like he's an asshole on purpose like this is part of what his shtick is right you attack me i'll attack you back you know and he starts making fun of rosie o'donnell or making fun of this person get him or out that of person. here we
1: knew how to deal with people yeah. like did you see his whole shit that they put mm-hmm. in the 13th and like you know he was talking to the black people that were in the fucking like we knew the cops knew how to deal with these guys back back in the day punch him in the face get him out of here and then they were he's inciting a lot of this shit yeah, well, that's he's a going good rabble rouser. Yeah, I mean, that's part of being an asshole divide I mean, and conquer yeah. divide and conquer if they could keep the people fighting each other over stupid shit Then you're not gonna take the time to sit back. I, I compare those people, you know, what's really going on? I, I, I use the analogy of, of a magician They're trying to tell you, look what's in the left hand, but what the real shit is in the right hand. So by doing all this shit and causing all these problems, you're not going to go back and look at the shit that he's pushing through, his agendas. Mm -hmm. He just cut uh, taxes to the fucking richest uh, people that uh, the billionaires and, and corporations which he said he wasn't going to do he's going back on everything so if he could just get people fuck you and fuck you and getting people to hate each other and keep this country it's the United States of America when the fuck how did we become united as a country like I think a lot of these countries right now who may pose a threat or whatever they're seeing what the fuck's going on and they're like, yo, this country's never been more fucking divided. It's yeah. the divided Chaotic. states of America, yeah. not the United States of America.
0: Well, what he's doing with these, these rallies is he's getting people excited about being a part of a team and a team that's winning. You know, like, we're the team that's kicking ass, and this is team fake news over there. You tell them to go fuck themselves. And everybody gets yeah, yeah, yeah. He's consolidating his support. he, And it doesn't have to make sense. And especially it doesn't have to make sense with the people that are going to these rallies, because they're not smart people in the first place. Yeah. They're people that are easily led. But that's the same thing with people that would go to the rallies for Hillary Clinton or people that go to the rallies for almost all these people. A giant chunk of them are just—they're just lemmings. I, they don't know
1: what to do. I do have to— Admit one thing, and that was when fucking Hillary Clinton was losing, and the faces of the crying people who were like fucking losing their shit yeah. when Trump won, I was like, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> fucking dude, if that's the the fucking truth of your existence that you put every fucking ounce of your shit into this fucking corrupt ass politician, whether it's fucking. Hillary Clinton or fucking Bernie Sanders or any of yeah. them. I feel fucking sorry for you. I was laughing at those people when she lost and they were losing their shit on TV. Like they were just fucking stunned that I'm like, because you don't realize I travel through America and people may be progressive. On the outskirts, but go into the middle of this motherfucker and see what you got. And that's the motherfuckers <laughs> that voted for that dude. Yeah. Well, there was also
0: people realized that she was corrupt. I mean, yeah. he did a good job of calling her corrupt, Hillary.
1: Absolutely. And, he and just kept yeah. the, the mantra was going. Mm-hmm. He yeah. loves mantras and he pushes yeah. those fucking. But Lying they just had Ted. yeah <laughs> yeah. He's got some Hillary, good ones. Crazy man.
0: Bernie. Crazy Bernie. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's he's a good manipulator in that sense but she you know she didn't do any service but there was also like a lot of the women that were really upset were like this guy was in that video saying you take girls and grab them by the pussy and so they they felt like this was going to give men a license to be sexually abusive and i think that in a lot of ways is what like started the ball rolling with the me too movement. It right. wasn't just the exposing of monsters like Bill Cosby But it was also the fact that you're dealing with this guy who gets in the White House That's clearly not what you want you want if it's a man you want a man who respects women who's a statesman who's a a Person who has worked their life to get to that position not a person who did it as an afterthought once they were already famous right See, like the difference between a guy like Obama, like Obama's probably, he's probably measured his words ever since he was in college because he was hoping one day he would be president. Whereas a guy like Donald Trump's just been banging hoes and fucking flying around with a jet with his name on it since the 80s. I mean this is what the guy did. So then once he's in office people are like, no! Like they just couldn't believe it. Like, How could this have happened? This is like the pussy grabber. He's not supposed to be in there. And I get their pain. I understand it. Yeah. But it is also funny. You no, know, but there's, there's something like the women's on her knees with the glasses. You ever seen that chick with the yeah, knit yeah, hat yeah, on yeah. screaming? <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's a meme. She I lost mean, she her will, shit. She will exist yeah, forever.
1: They made <laughs> a meme. Yeah. They...
0: <laughs> they call it Trump derangement syndrome now because people are literally, they're so angry that he is in power and there's nothing they can do about it. But the problem is that anger and that, that going derange, that That empowers the people that support him. They don't understand. When you're on your knees screaming, Fuck you! The people on the other side that are Trump supporters with their fucking red hats on, they think that's hilarious. (laughs) They think, look, this is the liberal left, unhinged, detached from reality. Meanwhile, we're making America great again and black unemployment's at an all-time low. And, you know, it's, it's... Weird time for the truth, because there's so many people that don't want to go any further past the surface. The the truth is, this guy figured out a way to win a rigged system. He did. He figured out a way to win a rigged system by pretending to be a Republican. The guy was a Democrat his whole life, Democratic supporter his whole life. Figured out a way, oh, just fucking be a Republican, they're easier to scam. Weaseled his way in. Figured out a way, this whole make America great again. Yeah, rah, rah, rah. Call people a bunch of stupid shit. Campaign like a motherfucker. Take diet pills. Keep that energy high. Just travel all across the country doing these rallies. And won. You know, and one, a system that really shouldn't be there to win. Right. And and I I think that we need a better way to run our government. I think think your idea is fucking genius. Having an alpha male or alpha female that one person, the one at the top of the peak, running 300 million people is insane. Running 300 people is insane. If you have 300 people, one person running shit, you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have people that are upset that this one person gets to dictate for the next four to eight years the path of everyone in this group and your financial future, your health care, all these – how much taxes you pay, all depending on what dipshit wins the popularity contest. That's outrageous. Yeah. It's It's... an archaic way of handling things. It's just not necessary, but – The problem with letting everybody vote, too, is that people are really easily manipulated, and they're really undereducated. People, they don't have any incentive to pay attention to the real issues and what's at stake and what the consequences of each vote are. They just vote with whatever feels good, and they're busy, and people are tired because they're eating shitty food, and they're not exercising, and they're working all day in a job that sucks, and they come home, and their wife's bitching at them, and they're on antidepressants and pills, and their, their kids are all fucked up, and they don't have the time. They don't have the time and they don't have the the incentive to be enlightened. They don't have the incentive to have an uh, objective, enlightened approach to how you handle the future of our our society and what our children are going to be left with.
1: Well, that's why it's the genius of these commercials if you, I, I mean, it's I, I, I can't even watch TV when it's election time because yeah. it's just like one dude after the next mm-hmm. shitting on each other or this person saying something it's crazy. about that. We should mock them for it's doing like, that. It's like the two things that you get when that shit goes on. One is those political commercials and two was all the commercials for the pharmaceuticals. Well, that's that's a what crazy you get thing. every fucking night. There's two
0: countries on earth. New Zealand where people, New Zealand and the United America. States where you're allowed yep. to direct
1: advertise. Marketing
0: to customers to patients what
1: the fuck is it's that crazy what is that it's crazy and i love the commercials now where the dude figures it out well i asked about warfarin and yeah, the, now, t- I now i know i'm uh, gonna be happy I, again. yes
0: people you, are walking down the street and you see cartoon flowers around them and yeah.
1: butterflies and, and now cool if music. your antidepressants is not working abilify, it, abilify fix will it fix that up uh, side effects include suicidal thoughts. It's like, motherfucker, I had suicidal thoughts before. Like, Ferocious rectal bleeding. <laughs> yeah, Yo, like, some of the side effects are. They're crazy.
0: It's, it's fucking insane. You know, Abilify is the, it's an antipsychotic. It's the number one prescribed medication in the country. Abil- Abilify. Really? Number one prescribed medication in the country. Wow. It's an antipsychotic. Fuck. Yeah. That's
1: what? That's insane. I know.
0: You're like, what? Uh, yeah. That's insane. Pull, pull that up. Make sure that's Whoa. true. I know I read that, but make sure that's true. Somebody talked about that on the podcast. Who was it? Do you remember? This is an article from 2015 saying it is the America's top-selling drug.
1: <laughs> Fuck! It's an
0: antipsychotic! Yo!
1: Yeah. Antipsychotic, I gotta, I gotta as the biggest drug. The biggest
0: selling prescription drug. drug in the U.S.
1: $30 a fucking pill! <laughs>
0: Damn, we're to in be the To be a top-seller, a drug has let's to be expensive fa- and farm- also widely used. Holy it, shit. Abilify is both expensive and wildly used. It's the 14th most prescribed brand name medication, and it retails for $30 a pill. So Holy it's the biggest shit. selling prescription drug in the U.S. So it's Which the biggest selling. Which company makes term-
1: it? Who's behind it? That's a good question. Who is behind it? Put, put.
0: Satan. Mm-hmm. Satan Pharmaceuticals.
1: America's top selling drug. I bet I call Abilify.
0: Ugh. It's terrifying.
1: Official site. Let's see Who which one of these shit. scumbags make it. <laughs> they're the worst. Did you ever read oh, Confessions are. of an Ratsuka?
0: Did you ever read Ox Atsuka? Atsuka. Atsuka. They're probably they probably change names yeah, like Blackwater. Yeah, Oh, they do. Keep switching up their names. Did you
1: ever did, well now they uh they changed uh fucking um what do you call it to um they're changing the name on all these ingredients uh that are in food too. Like um what is the uh, the additive, uh, the sweetener that uh, Donald... Aspartame? Rums, aspartame. They changed their name to Amino Sweet now because... Oh, Dude, adorable. you know who owns the patent on fucking <laughs> as, on aspartame? Didn't... Donald... Yeah, mother, I mean... Donald uh, Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld.
0: Had something to do with it. Owns that. Well, he had something to do with passing it. Yeah, he had something to do with ignoring evidence. But see, someone told me that the amount of chemicals... They had to give to rats. The amount of aspartame they had to give to rats to kill them or to give them cancer was very high. I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's, but-
1: <laughs> that's, that's reassuring. No, but there's a great book about the corruption of the pharmaceutical companies. And it's uh, – can you Google this title real quick? It's called uh, Confessions uh, – Gwen Olson wrote a book called Confessions of an Rx Drug Pusher. Mm. And I think it was her niece died of a drug interaction that they knew about and she exposed the whole corruption in the pharmaceutical industry. She was a top pharmaceutical rep. And they said they know how does a drug get approved by the FDA and then they turn around and fucking they pull it and people are dying and they settle for pennies on the dollar. That's the fucking game. They know there's going to be lawsuits and they're like okay we just made 3 billion dollars off this drug and we settled our lawsuits for 200 billion so that's that's 200 the, million yeah 200 million right, right, right. so that's the game right, the that's, profit that's, game but her book is amazing it's called confessions of an rx drug pusher and that's what she was and she would buy out the doctors half the people that they put on these medications all they have to say is change your fucking lifestyle dude yeah what is what what is the father of, of of modern medicine hippocrates what did he say let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food there's also an ayurvedic i don't know if you know about the ayurvedic system of medicine and it says when 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 uh when uh you know, it, there's a whole quote about diet and and med and and uh, and and uh, seeing a doctor and stuff like that. And it's all it, it comes back to one thing, man: diet and lifestyle. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Tell people, and and that's what's great about a movie like Forks Over Knives, uh, where there's anecdotal evidence that says, yo, if you stop, do you see the change right there. The the fucking diabetes goes away. The fucking heart disease. All it all of this stuff is uh is cured by the fact that these people get their asses moving and they stop eating all this shitty food.
0: Yeah, shitty food is the number one problem. Yeah. It's the number one problem. Sugar, refined carbohydrates, your body processing massive amounts of stuff that it's not supposed oils to get in Oils in nature. everything. Yeah. Oils in everything. And, you know, uh, all these processed vegetable oils. like Terrible. That they're cooking things in. All Corn that stuff is oil awful oil and fucking... Yeah.
1: And people think, oh, uh, you know, even to a certain...
0: What do you got here, Jamie?
1: The Donald Rumsfeld yeah. connection
0: thing. FDA actually banned aspartame based on its findings only to have serial Chairman Donald Rumsfeld, currently Secretary of Defense at the time they wrote this article, vow to call in his markers to get it approved. On January 21st, 1981, the day after Ronald Reagan's inauguration, Cyril, I guess that's yeah. C-A-R-L-E, Reapply to the FDA for approval to use aspartame as food sweetener, and Reagan's new FDA commissioner Arthur Hayes Hall Jr. appointed a five-person scientific commission to review the Board of Inquiry decision. It became clear the panel would uphold the ban by a three-to-two de- decision, but then Hall then installed a sixth member mm-hmm. on the commission, and the vote became deadlocked. He then personally broke the tie in aspartame's favor. What a piece of shit.
1: But this is this puts they they found evidence this shit makes holes in the brain. It's might
0: induce the the evidence it, c- brain c- tumors. C- might induce might. brain tumors.
1: Well. well might. That, and and the thing is now everyone got hip to aspartame. Yeah. Now you have to read because that's why the processed food is so fucking uh, you know, any of that shit, yeah. any of that fake sweetness shit. And now they call it Amino Sweet is the new name that Oof. they changed it to. So it's Meanwhile,
0: like. Well, you, you, you ever drink Zevia? You drink Zevia soda? You ever no. have that soda sweetened with uh, with stevia? Stevia,
1: it's fucking yeah. delicious. Yeah, stevia is from plants. Yeah, it's a sweetener. Yeah,
0: and it, it, these some things people don't taste like great. the taste
1: of stevia. It tastes good. But I do uh, sometimes I do have too much of it. protein powders that yeah. have uh, you know. Uh, stevia in it and stuff. Yeah. Clean machine has uh, a protein powder that's uh, lentine and uh, the water lentils they call them. It's real, real clean stuff. Yeah,
0: our, our on it hemp force protein yeah. we were using stevia. Yeah. Stevia for that. I call it stevia, not stevia. Yeah. But that potato, it potato. What it what just the doesn't front? taste the same yeah it tastes good it's a matter of but it's so potent the problem is like if people have a cup of coffee i would have stevie out and people put it in there be like oh i'd be like you put too much in yeah you can't put it in like sugar it's way more potent you just need a tiny dash
1: like even back in the day i remember my mom being like oh yeah nutra sweet and this and that let's let's put all these other like cane sugar is better for you than these fucking fake sweeteners. It that is, they were but cane sugar
0: out. is still terrible yeah. for you. It's, all that it, stuff's it, it's, terrible for you. It, you're not it supposed to get sugar. It causes acidity in
1: the body. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna do sugar, you should do eat fruit. Mm-hmm, what the yes. fuck? Well, it comes now, with the fiber, so right. your body's
0: slowly digesting it, which right. is the way you're supposed to consume it. But you'll be able to get like a Gatorade. It's got like fucking 80 grams of
1: sugar in it. Like that shit's terrible for yeah. you. All that stuff's terrible for you. Soda. And they got all the pros pushing it, like, yeah. and these kids. You go to these uh, <clears throat> basketball camps or football camps or whatever, or high schools, and what are they drinking? They're all drinking drinking the Kool-Aid.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? If you're <clears throat> exerting yourself like very strenuously, you could use some of that glucose, and yeah. it's okay. But for the average person that goes to a fucking 7-Eleven and gets a big gulp and is downing you know, 64 ounces of Coca-Cola, that is a crazy amount of sugar for your body yeah. to get in one serving. Your body doesn't know what to do with that shit, what? so it stores it as fat
1: what it uh, what, I forget how many tablespoons of sugar they said is in one of them fucking uh big gulps dude they did a
0: thing where they showed all the various sizes of soda next to a the packet sugar. of the sugar and you see the actual yeah. the actual volume it's insane. of sugar I saw that. it's crazy yeah. this is our number one problem and one of the things that i did when i cut sugar out of my diet there it is there's the the image oh, look yeah, look yeah i saw look that at the <laughs> big gulp <Yo. laughs> that's a kilo of coke son <laughs> look at the size of that God. that's so much sugar Your body doesn't know what the fuck's going on when you take that much sugar out. That's insane. Your body's freaking out. And the
1: thing is, you got kids jacked up on that shit, going to school, bouncing off the fucking walls. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and then they put them on Ritalin because Johnny's got too much energy.
1: Johnny's on drugs. He's on sugar
0: drug all day long. Yeah, I mean, and then on top of that, here's the, one of the problems with people consuming that kind of stuff. And then on top of it, saturated fat. Like right. if you're consu- see, there's studies now that are showing that cholesterol and saturated fat are healthy for your diet and healthy for your body, unless you're consuming carbohydrates and refined sugars because when you're doing that then your body's not burning fat so your body's just storing fat and on top of that you're pouring massive amounts of sugar in there so you're getting hardened into the arteries and clogging of the arteries and people think that this is they're, they're conflating and confusing all this and thinking well well this is because you're eating cholesterol and saturated fat nope. It's not. It's because you're eating cholesterol and saturated fat along with simple carbohydrates, refined carbohydrates and sugars. There's a chemical reaction that your body has that when you're eating these two things together, it becomes toxic. It's very dangerous for you. nitro
1: nitrosemites as well. And that's the average American diet. When you cook meat and then combine it with alcohol and the rest of the stuff, it creates a a chemical reaction in the body that then causes... uh, you know problems for you health wise and your immune system and gut health and everything else
0: yeah there's a there's a ton of problems with people's bodies and you could trace it back to a, a, a host of different things you could you could trace it back to pesticides you could trace it back to a lack of minerals you could trace it back to excess sugar you could trace it back to processed vegetable oils you could trace it back to sedentary life there's yeah. there's a, so many different things that are a factor in people's health issues. But the, one of the problems with ideologies, whether it's this carnivore diet ideology or vegan diet ideology, is people want to look at one thing. There's one thing that's wrong, and you fix this thing, and if you just do this one right. thing, you're going to be healthy. That's not necessarily the case. And there's a lot of people out there on both sides that are spreading misinformation because it supports their view. It supports or quoting, their bias or position. Or quoting
1: studies that were funded by the same companies that are making money off of selling foods that are high in saturated fats or cholesterol or are... Trans
0: fats. Trans fats. Yeah. And
1: there's companies... So you always have to look between the fucking lines. That's right. where the truth lies. Because the milk industries... Uh, what was the other... Uh, the, the the other documentary that came out... Um, fuck, it was about... It started with the cigarettes uh, and, the, uh, and the chemicals that they were using in furniture. They... There was this documentary, and I always blank on it, I'm f- this fucking old man brain that I have. It was uh, a documentary about how they paid these people to put out false information. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Merchants of Doubt. Merchants of Doubt. Yeah, amazing Holy documentary. Holy fucking shit. The same people that are doubting climate change
0: were also yes. doubting cigarettes being addicted. Yep. The same human Dude, beings. Dude, they, and
1: they're using the same tactics that yeah. they've been using. Uh, to push the chemicals and put, they had motherfuckers spraying DDT on their fucking clothes hanging in their closet to stop moths. Can you fucking believe that shit, they did that? dude? <laughs> what? It's in that. It's in <laughs> the fucking right, movie. Right. They had them spraying fucking de- cancer-causing fucking chemicals on their shit. Uh, Just uh, when
0: you see those guys, are the same guys that were trying to say that cigarettes are not. They're not addictive. And the same people that are they they were dismissing
1: climate change. You're like, what? Like, how can you be so obvious? You don't even use new people. They—they—they they, they did the thing with the guy from uh, Monsanto in the Roundup. He goes, "I would drink fucking yeah. Roundup," and, like, and he go goes, ahead, "Okay, it. I'm gonna go get you a fucking glass. Here's a glass of fucking yeah.
0: <laughs> drink <laughs> he it." He's like, "Drink it." He's nope. like, "Nope." What is this, Jamie? Is that DDT wallpaper? Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! Look at that. Containing DDT as the active insecticide. Genuine cedar wood made into wallpaper. So these people made DDT closet wallpaper with fucking with genuine cedar wood.
1: <laughs> well, the other thing is, even the chemicals that they put in the furniture, there's a big thing now to remove because it's harming the fucking children. Do you know that what? rugs and, and furniture actually will release chemicals into the air in your house? So crazy.
0: Look at this, protect your children against disease carrying insects. DDT children's room wallpaper. How many kids got cancer from that fucking shit? Fucking
1: crazy fucking that shit. That is
0: so insane. But Kills insects, mosquitoes, flies, ants, and you.
1: <laughs> you know, one of the biggest one of the one of the biggest Fuck. ways that toxins enter the body is not by walking around the streets of LA or New York and breathing in the pollution. It's the fucking home. The amount Mm -hmm. of chemicals that are in the fucking home, and they talk about that in Merchants of Doubt. The chemicals in the furniture, the chemicals in the clothes, the chemicals in the fucking diapers, the chemicals in everything, in the plastic. It's chemicals, 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 chemicals. You're bombarding your fucking child with fucking dozens and dozens of chemicals every fucking day. Yeah. And while it's immune, while that child's immune system is developing, and then you're feeding it pesticides, you're feeding it this fucking animal that's been tortured its whole life and fed fucking steroids and hormones, and you're wondering why these kids are coming out. And they're so fucked because it's when they're getting into their teens, it's because all of that shit's taking a toll, not just physically, but... I you know psychologically it's fucking it's you know then you know there's so much other shit they're doing too to the to the food put in put in um there's an epicyte, you know that they put in the corn and the soy now and it's fucking uh it was done by this company in in l a and and they were oh well, down in California somewhere, Epicyte, E-P-I-C-Y-T-E. And it fucks with the sexual reproduction or organs of, of fetuses and children and all kinds of shit. They're, they're conducting like fucking mad science on, on human beings right now. What the fuck is going on? Just for profit. Even in, even in Hawaii, and I got to tell you, I have friends that are out there and they did organic, far, organic farming. Do you know that all the world's seed banks right now for GMO are fucking grown in Hawaii? Why? The, because of it's a closed ecosystem. Uh-huh. It's closed off from everywhere else, so there's no other factors. So they go and they spray motherfucking chemtrails in the air that come down onto the fucking ground, and they can, for instance. And I wait a minute. What do they do? They're spraying. They're aerosol spraying the crops. So the aerosol so, spray so them so with they, some
0: sort of. Uh, so what they pesticide? do? Yeah,
1: and they do. Aluminum, barium, strontium. Now I'm going to tell you, I have I have friends that actually are doing this. They were organic farmers and had to give up their farm. And what they do is they make the sit the the uh, they're making the soil so acidic, the pH, that nothing will grow except for genetically modified seeds that have been. Genetically modified to resist aluminum and resist all this other stuff. So now, why are
0: they spraying aluminum? Like, where's that coming from?
1: It's it makes this. It makes the uh, soil very acidic. It it changes the pH. I think aluminum has the greatest uh, change to the soil. And what's the benefit of them doing that? Because then they, they can control the food supply. Because if you don't buy the GMO seeds, the organic farmers are going out of business in Hawaii. And this ain't no. Wait a minute. So you're
0: saying that they're spraying things out of the sky that poison the ground so that only organic farmers or so that only GMO farmers can grow crops
1: there? Right. That's, Is that proven? That's what's going on in Hawaii. That sounds crazy though. Yeah, that but here, so crazy. here's the thing. And I'm not saying they're going like some of these other chemtrail people, 35,000, they're spraying all the cities. I'm spraying, I'm saying they're coming in and spraying chemicals mm-hmm. on the ground. But they're not doing it as a pesticide.
0: You're saying they're doing it as a grand conspiracy to make the ground infertile for anything other than Did you ever GMO read crops?
1: Monsanto's, did you ever see the world according to Monsanto? Yes. Okay, so what do they say? We want to control the world's food supply from seed mm-hmm. to motherfucking to farm to table all the way through. Right. We want to control the So how do they do that? How do they actually make that happen? And just, I see it happening to farmers in Hawaii and friends of mine are I just did Iron Man out what there. What do you see it happen What do you see happening? Because what they're doing they, the, the, the 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 organic papaya farmers uh have had to all go either give up their farm or Go switch to uh, GMO papaya because none of their shit is growing. It's but so is that th- because of depletion of the soil? No, it's it's. But they say that the fucking they're spraying the fucking chemicals on the soil. But do you know how much they'd have to spray on the soil I to do- make it infertile? I mean, I, it seems I mean, to I me it's
0: much more likely candidate to the same issues that we're having in this country with monocrops. Yeah that they're just depleting their soil because they're constantly growing on it. No, but Isn't these the... guys are doing organic- I had to study chemtrails. I had to yeah. study chemtrails for quite a while because I was doing a television show on them. And I... one of the things that I found with this, there's this a lot of malarkey yeah, in this absolutely. shit. And one of the things that they find is, they're like, oh, they're spraying aluminum, and then when they do s- samples of the water, they find aluminum yeah. in the water. No, they're doing samples of sludge. They're doing right. samples of water with dirt. Do you know what one of the most common metals that you'll ever find on Earth is? Aluminum. Aluminum. Most dirt has aluminum in it. So when they're testing this water, they're testing it positive for aluminum. What they're doing is they're testing dirt. Dirt tested positive for being dirt. That's what it is. So when they find aluminum, they say, oh, my God, they're spraying aluminum. There's no benefit to spraying aluminum on anything. It's never been proven that... There's some evil government cabal that wants to spray aluminum on everything, and that's the reason why papayas don't grow right. It's way more likely that these papayas are growing in a place where they've been growing papayas for a long time and they've depleted the soil, especially if you're dealing with soil that's really coming out of a volcano in the first place.
1: Right? Well, I mean, I understand that aspect of it, but it's the combination of other chemicals that they're using. And here's the thing, before these seed banks showed up over there, mm-hmm. they never had this problem. Right,
0: but there was also before large-scale agriculture made its way to Hawaii as well, right? So they probably had years and years and years of doing this and getting away with it till the soil started getting depleted, just like we have evidence of it getting depleted all over the world. Right. In India, they have issues with this, with monocrops. With anywhere in the world where they grow crops in the same area in these massive scales, you're going to deplete the ground of, of minerals and nutrients. I mean, it's just a part of the, the problem. And when they offer up that solution, like, hey, our genetically modified crops are better and our genetically, you know, uh, modified crops are, you know, they they can survive in these harsh climates. And you can also add all of our nitrogen and our fertilizers, all our nasty shit to the the soil. And everything
1: else around it will die when we spray, except for our crops, because we've been genetically engineered to resist—we've been genetically engineered to resist— the, yeah, glyphosate. glyphosate. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff I mean, is scary.
0: That glyphosate shit is any, anything that kills everything but what you, what you want it to is like, what? Yeah. Like What's it doing to what you want it to? What, what happens to that food? What is that stuff out of that food by the
1: time you eat it? Oh, I'm... F- I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I mean, when they're putting it in the seed and they, and it yeah. comes out in the leaves and the bugs right. eat the shit and it blows their
0: stomach up. There's a great documentary on it called What's With Wheat, where they try to break down why wheat all of a sudden became a, a huge problem in the American diet, whereas in the early 1900s, it was nothing. And it was a slow genetic modification where they... St- They started changing the weed itself and breeding it to make higher yields so it's got more complex glutens in it But then on top of that, it's the glyphosate right the the glyphosate breaks down your gut barrier And it it really so
1: people get leaky gut Mm -hmm. and the rest of the the issues,
0: but it kills the bacteria I mean, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to kill bacteria, but they don't realize your body's Made out of bacteria (laughs) your body's an ecosystem of bacteria, right? Yeah, it's just the problem with the whole uh, government is evil thing is they're just greedy. Yeah, it's they're gre- evil because they're greedy.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, but it, see, here's the thing, and, and you saw the world according to Monsanto, and it's mm-hmm. this revolving door policy: how they come out of Monsanto, or even what what he was doing, Rumsfeld, when he was the CEO of Searle. and then mm-hmm. so they get into the government, they pass legislation, and then they go back to the corporations to reap the benefits of the laws that they passed. So yeah. you have a lot of that going on. So I think, uh, you know, whether or not shit could really be what the fuck motherfuckers are saying it is in Hawaii or anywhere else, yeah. the, the truth is going to possibly come out eventually or maybe not. But me personally, uh, I tend to uh, try to stick to locally uh, Farmed, organic. Yeah. Like I go to the farmers market. How do you get it in New York? Then there's farmers get markets it from upstate. A- and the down. whole, th- yeah, they they come up, uh, they come into the city. Um, I mean, I'm I'm, you know, not gonna bullshit. I, I go to fucking a health food store and eat shit that's out of season because I like my fucking broccoli and and kale or whatever the fuck and and some fruit or whatever. But um, you know, how do they grow that stuff? it's, it's shipped it's shipped in from Cali and and Florida mm-hmm. I mean you know it's not the best but hey when you c- take into equation the fact that I've eliminated this this the other foods uh that use the highest amount of fossil fuels to to grow the crops mm-hmm. and and everything else that's involved with producing uh the uh huge uh you know these farms that are that are ha- uh these animal agriculture system and the, the amount of fossil fuels. I mean, I have motherfuckers writing to me. You take a fucking plane to go on tour. Fuck you, like you know. Well, that's the thing we were talking about yeah, earlier. the they poison. To find fault in every everything. fucking thing. Yeah. You know, but but uh, it's true though. We all know, do. The USDA, I mean, right? We yeah. both poison yeah. the sky a little bit when we fly. Yeah. So uh, hey, you know, I'll, t- I'll take the hit, man. I'm it's the world we live in. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: it's a real problem. I mean, that's one of the things they found after September 11th, with the, the lack of plane fights, changed the Earth's temperature. I mean, it's kind of fucking nuts, man.
1: Wow, la- la- I never yeah. heard that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah,
0: lot, the also the cloud cover that's created by contrails, like that, yeah. uh, that cools the Earth down a little bit. It's it's very interesting. Well, they've
1: man. admitted to the government has actually admitted to a, a program to try to you know spray and shit to try to cool the Earth's. Uh, well, they've
0: admitted to experimenting with weather manipulation yeah. and to to having strategies for dealing with it whether it is for dealing with hostile foreign governments where you're trying to starve them out or trying to r- put rain I mean they've been space cloud force. seeding forever
1: hey, we have a space did force did you see now. the fucking that video that guys made on space force no what Dude, is it? is it funny it's fucking hilarious they they uh it's on YouTube uh the spoof on on Trump's space force space force, force. It's fucking, you know, but here's the thing. It's like trying to repair, it's trying to patch a shotgun wound with a band-aid. Like, let's reduce the fossil fuel. If you want to fucking cool the earth and everything and and save the fucking oceans and all the rest of the shit, it's, why don't we check how the fuck we live our lives? But everybody wants to pass the buck and say, oh, well... Why should I do it? You know, let the next motherfucker do it. But, you know, you, by what you put in your cart and how you live your life, you have fucking, how many people in America? 200, how many? 300 million. 300 fucking million motherfuckers passing the buck along. You're not getting anywhere. Right, yeah. And the- China's how many billion in India? And it's like, mm-hmm. they're not fucking, they're not going to stop fucking doing what they're doing. No, no,
0: they're not. And it's again it's like what we were talking about with all the other aspects of gigantic culture there's so many moving pieces it's so it's so difficult because we're we're talking about these pieces that have been in place for decades and so to try to make corrections now and you know and some people are they are going to organic farms they are going to raising their own food and having it you know having everything be local and that's definitely better the, the real problem, it seems to me, is overpopulation. Yeah. The real problem is when you jam. You know, Los Angeles is a perfect example. There's 200 million people just here in lo- just in 200 LA. 200 million? Oh, excuse it? me, 20 million. Oh, okay. 20 million people like, just. Wow. And like, what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. 20 million people just here, and then there's Orange County, which has more people. San Diego has more people. As you get north, shit, there's you more got people more people San than Francisco. New York because we got like yeah, there's eight and more and half here. fucking million. In yeah, there's New more York. people. There's more people in California. Just in, San, just in LA, more people in Los Angeles than there is in all of Australia. Oh, just all, just that's Los Angeles. insane. It's insane. So there's so many people and no one's grown anything other than weed. Yeah. It's just weeds being grown here and that's it. So all the food is being shipped in from everywhere else. And so you've got fossil fuels being used. Even, and then, even in Hawaii, you,
1: you pay more in Hawaii for a fucking pineapple than you do on the mainland. Isn't that crazy? Dude, it's fucking insane. <laughs> you ever been there, how expensive fucking yeah, food is?
0: Everything's very expensive. It's fucking yeah.
1: insane.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, though, and that's why yeah. people are willing to take that hit. We we, we live in a place that I mean, w- humans like yourself and myself and, you know, and people that are alive today we are stuck in a system that was created many, many decades ago. It was put into place many decades ago, and it wasn't put into place with our interest in mind. It was put into place with the interest in mind of profit, and it was also to deal with, the to accommodate millions and millions of people that are all jammed into one place where no one's growing any food. Right. It's a very unnatural way to live. You
1: know, they started, like, coming down on all the people fucking growing uh, shit on their front lawns and their backyards now. Because urban organic farming... you know, I'm I'm in touch with a lot of those people. As a matter of fact, there's one in in New York City. I ride from New York City out to like Long Island, Jones Beach, and all that. And I pass in Far Rockaway. There's a guy that's uh, he's doing like a big urban farm to, in this thing. You know, in this crop of land, and uh, you know, it's it's the urban farming is becoming a big thing because yo, know, if I it, it, the food desert is. And there was one guy on ABC, and he walked home from work every night, and it was five miles, African-American guy, and he's trying to lose weight and get healthy. Well, guess what? Every motherfucking night, all he passed was KFC, this, that, the other thing, 7-Eleven. He could not buy a fucking piece of fruit or a fucking apple in any of those fucking places. None. So then they said, well, how the fuck are we going to get food if we ain't got no car and we can't go seven, ten miles out of town to the supermarket? So now urban organic farming is becoming a big thing where they're showing these people. And now they're starting to crack down. The cities are trying to crack down on these people that are growing fucking food.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: It's fucking crazy. I
0: had Ron Finley on this podcast, and he's got a similar program in South Central, and uh, he helps these kids and uh, people that live there. Use vacant lots. Use yeah. uh, medians. Use all these they're areas. Doing it and in, grow in Detroit food. too. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, grow food. You got grow to, fucking food. Grow, food would be free. Grow it. Grow it on patches of land. I mean, what what would be ideal is if every community, instead of just having a house jammed next to a house jammed next to a house, every community have one community lot, and that community lot we all grow our food in.
1: You know, not hard to do. I mean, even in a fucking closet, they're showing how to do. Like they just had this. Uh, They had a shipping container in New York and it was a demonstration and they put it on uh, Lafayette and Lafayette street and Houston and it was a shipping container and they did all. And when you walked in there, it was a fucking farm. Right. And, and I forget how many thousand pounds of fucking organic produce that that fucking farm inside that shipping container was able to grow. Yeah. But it's it's insane. You know, and
0: that's with artificial light, but you could do that with real light. I mean, the real streets that you you see everywhere you go, where concrete is, it could be dirt. And then it, it it is possible that we could cordon off a small section of every community and have a community garden. And it would also be a good it would be good for the community in terms of people, like, interacting with each other and feeling like they're a part of something and taking responsibility for, you right. know, taking care of something. Getting your
1: hands in the dirt, yeah. too, man, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's very—like, that's one of the programs that we, we did in this documentary. We had the guys going to fa- organic farms and getting their hands in the dirt and seeing, you know. People just—there's a disconnect between, like— you know, farmers, man. I gotta. You know, it's like that's a fucking hard ass fucking job. It's a fucking dude. hard ass it's job. It's fucking hard, man. And we don't show the appreciation, and and I think who was the um, the one black activist who used to run the marathons and shit? He um, forget his name in the '60s and Dick si- Gregory. Dick fucking Gregory, man. He always talked about you know growing your own fucking food and and. Uh, Do you know Dick Gregory's the guy who brought the Zapruder film to television?
0: The Zapruder film of Kennedy being assassinated. No. It looks like he's being shot from the front. What? Yes. Dick Gregory brought that to the Geraldo Rivera show. Wow. Eight years after the assassination. It might have been more more than eight. Damn. might have been more.
1: You they, know a lot of shit.
0: Man. Yeah. The... Uh, it might have been 10 years after the assassination. Something crazy. But it didn't. people didn't see Kennedy get assassinated until many, many, many years after. When this guy Zapruder, who was there on the spot, was filming. They took his, his film and he sold it to Time Life magazine. They used stills of it. And then you, they didn't show it. 12, what, 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. 12 <sighs> years later. 75. Wow. So in 75, on the Geraldo Rivera show, they, they premiered the Zapruder film footage of the assassination of President Kennedy from, like, fucking, you know, 20 yards away. He was right there. That's insane. And you see Kennedy's head go back into the left. It's it, You see the spray of blood, and you're like, what? So like, was
1: it, did they show that it was more than one?
0: Uh... They can't tell for sure, and there's a lot of speculation because there's so many, I mean, it's black and white, and yeah. it was shaky back then. They've since used computers to stabilize the image. But what it looks like to the untrained eye is that he's shot more than once and probably shot from multiple different angles. mean, the reason why they came up with the magic bullet theory was because they, acca- <laughs> yeah. they had to account for another bullet that didn't hit the president. They had to account for a bullet that hit, it ricocheted under an underpass and hit a guy. So yeah, the bullet had to go through two people and it had to leave traces of the bullet behind that weren't missing for the bullet from the bullet and it had to shatter bone and not distort which doesn't happen. Yeah. If you know anything about bullets, if you shoot anything, it, bullets get jacked. They get they tear up. They they bend. They get they get it's distorted. You, yeah. You
1: could take fucking lead.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Even if it's jacketed, it's yeah. still gonna get fucked up. It's hitting bones and shattering at a ridiculous speed. That single bullet theory was also created by Arlen Specter and those fucking guys from the Warren Commission right. report. Bunch of evil assholes. Yep. There's a great book on it called uh, Best Evidence by David Lifton. David Lifton was an accountant who went over the Warren Commission report step by step, every step of the way. And she found all these contradictions in, in the reportings. Like, this is a bullshit document. Like, yeah. what they were trying to do was just wrap this bitch up nice and tight. They weren't trying to solve the crime. They were trying to wrap this thing up tight, and the most ridiculous aspect of it is the magic bullet theory. Yeah. But before anybody saw the Zapruder film, it didn't look that ridiculous. Right. We heard what we were told. Kennedy got shot by Oswald, and then Jack Ruby shot Oswald. Very convenient. Very convenient. The whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know why they killed him, but it's, it's very likely that there was quite a few people involved, and not just
1: Lee Harvey right. Oswald. And uh, he was probably involved, too. Well, you know that he passed... A resolution. He was fucking with the uh, Federal Reserve. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the one one one? It was a uh, well. There's a lot of problems. The yeah. Bay of Pigs. Bay the, of Pigs. Yeah. There was. A, he wanted
0: to get rid of the Federal Reserve. He wanted to get rid of the CIA. Started
1: printing up uh, currency backed by. The, he wanted to go back to the to the gold silver standard. He started printing up notes. Fucking, if you could find those notes from when he was in, silver certificates. And he said, why are private banks controlling our money, the Federal Reserve? It wasn't, I think, one of the acts that uh, George Bush Jr. passed before he left office. There it is. Executive Order 11110 to give the printing of the money back... To the fucking, take it away from the Federal Reserve.
0: Yeah, they whacked him just a couple months later. And
1: give it back to the secretary. His father said that they're going to kill you for this. (laughs) His father told him that. Yeah. You fuck with them bankers, man. It's true. It's, uh, you know, it comes back to, to, you know, power. It's not about a conspiracy. It's about, yo, it's about they want the ultimate greed. It's the ultimate greed. We control everything. Well, especially back then. I mean, the amount of accountability
0: that politicians had back then, you can get away with a lot. There was a lot of wiggle yep. room. And, you know, it's most likely that somebody other than just Lee Harvey Oswald, and he probably had something to do with it too. Yeah. I mean, he was probably You know, Manchurian one of the pieces. candidates,
1: man. Who knows? They grab yeah. these guys. They fucking who knows does what with them who knows? fucking. You know, they're still doing it, yeah. I, I believe, to this day. Yeah. You know, a lot of these fucking motherfuckers that's trying to fucking shoe bombers and this fucking clown and this you know there's so much shit going on like like, even the shoe bomber like who how the fuck did he get on a plane with no passport you know Mm -hmm. it's like there's so much shit to just go home
0: well you remember that guy that they busted in Dallas he was a, a guy that they'd set up they set him up to be an Islamic terrorist they trained him they gave him the weapon and then as he was trying to detonate the weapon, they arrested him. Yeah. It's like, you guys talked him into doing this. You gave him the bombs. And then you arrested him. Yeah. Like, what would he have done if you guys weren't even there? Would he have done anything? They yeah. they, they they thought that this guy was a person who was suspicious. So they literally set up and entrapped him.
1: Entrapment.
0: It's kind it's of crazy. Going
1: on, it's going on a lot, man. It's fucking... Like, we don't even know the shit that's going on behind the walls in the in the fucking in, in them no. offices, man. It would fucking scare the fucking bejesus out of you if you knew, you know, uh what the fuck was uh you know, what these people's minds uh, what you know.
0: Well you get accustomed to making rationalizations that will cost people their lives. And I think anybody that can send a drone to shoot down an apartment building because of metadata, you know, you found a metadata that seems to indicate that the cell phone of a certain criminal is on the 14th floor. Let the fucking hellfire missiles fly, baby. Yep. I mean, that's decisions that they make at the and highest it's a levels dude of government. in Virginia sitting completely
1: fucking like, you know,
0: yeah.
1: disconnected from everything.
0: Mm-hmm. If you talk to someone from the CIA, they tell you it's all lawyers who make those decisions, too. Wow. Lawyers do all the calculations, and they go, yeah, you can do it. Crazy. (sighs) Crazy, man. Yeah. Dude, we just did three hours. Wow, did we? Yeah, flew by.
1: Well, you know what they say, how do you know when a lawyer's lying? His fucking lips are moving. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got a good lawyer, though, let me tell you. There's got to be good lawyers. There is. There's good people in all walks of life, people. Peter Nussbaum, I love you. Shout out to Peter Peter Nussbaum. Peter Nussbaum, my lawyer, um... He's not a criminal attorney. <laughs> so, you come to the fights this weekend? I was invited. I yeah, was like, man. hopefully we get along I... and have a fucking dope we conversation. We did. We got along. It was fun. Uh, dude, I have massive respect. You know, Brian's a crazy motherfucker. I tell a story. You know, that whole school down there was a fu- I, I, I wanted to tell the story about Brian. because Brian Town. Yeah. Fucking, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. So, <laughs> I used to take uh, Tony Ortiz is one of the senior students of Master Choi. Another guy, won't. we'll call him Chuck, but he's with the government now. He's a fucking bad motherfucker. So they always used to go around and, and, and want to fight bouncers and all this shit. That was what they did. They would fucking fight the biggest, scariest looking motherfuckers and just destroy them. So Blue worked... I said his name, sorry. But my friend worked with uh, Cro-Mags and stuff. We took him out security uh, with us in case we had problems or whatever. So it was like everything always went smooth. So one time, I used to work at all the underground hip-hop clubs in New York. So my friend was doing a party, and it was... All fucking deep Brooklyn heads, fucking like homeboys and shit, like the real deal, this hip hop club. And I take Brian, another dude from the school, and Tony, and we go over there. And Brian is in the middle of the fucking dance floor, doing the funky fucking white boy nerd dance, and all these fucking, and the floor just opens up, and these fucking. Black fucking hip-hop, crazy fucking homeboys are like, yo, look at this motherfucking white boy. Like, it's bugging. And he don't give a fuck. He's seriously like a a fucking pisser to to roll with. So then I'm like, yo, uh, I got to go. But listen, man, I know what y'all motherfuckers do. Don't start no shit. Please, it's my friend's club. So I get home, go to sleep, wake up the next day, get a fucking phone call. Yo! Yo! Like, he didn't know that they were with me. He's like, yo, there was these three fucking karate experts in the club last night, and they beat up all my fucking bouncers, dude. It was fucking crazy. Like, And uh, one bouncer walked up and started some shit with uh, Tony was trying to talk to a girl or whatever. And, And then, like, you know, this guy, he's all on the juice, rips off his shirt. Like, ah, fucking Tony throws a kick, fucking dislocates the guy's fucking kneecap and then uh the melee just ensued and it, it it was just constant these fucking huge bouncers coming at him and Brian's like ba 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 fucking Brian could fight Brian is uh a, you know he's a, he's a, he's a comedian but he could throw down and then he Brian just told me this cuz I didn't hear the other part he goes yeah Then all of a sudden I'm fucking whacking these dudes and us, we're fighting these guys. And then this fucking gigantic motherfucker, like I was just like a little fucking baby in his arms, lifts me up and carries me out the fucking door and throws me across this car. And I look and I turn around and I'm ready to go. And then Brian says, and I look and it's this fucking crazy white dude with a fucking scar from one end of his face down the throat and he points at Brian and goes, Don't even think about it. And like Brian was like, yo. But my friend called me up the next day. He's like, these motherfuckers, and I call him up and I'm like, Brian, the fuck did you do, man? I told you guys to fucking keep chill. He's like, yo, these bouncers were assholes and, you know, it was he's he's uh, he's a character. Like I said, I was at his first comedy show ever. He lived a wilder life in his young days. Yeah. yeah. I met him
0: after all that stuff. I met him when he was more calm. I met him in the, the 90s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were in big time. Master Choi was all about fucking getting out there and, and fucking contact. There was a lot of martial arts coaches,
0: instructors that wanted you to get in street fights. Yeah. Because you would practice. Because like, street fights would show yeah. you how things would work in the real world. And The more you did it, the more you understood urgency, yeah. closing the distance, you know, delivering the first strike, yeah. all that kind of shit. Like, people are hesitant, because in sparring, you always hold back. So, like, you know, I, I you knew many martial arts You come from a Taekwondo structures.
1: background, Yeah, right? that's yeah. what started, yeah. Because Brian told me that about you. He goes, yo, that guy kicks like a fucking horse and shit. And like, Because well, I would see you on um, Fear Factor. Were you on something before that, too? News Radio? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and, uh, and he's like, yeah, I know him. That's my dude, man. He fucking... You know, he's like, "Yo, you would fucking bend the bag in half," and uh, so I, you know, I, you know, respect uh, for for that. You know, <laughs> from <laughs> I was like, "That's a bad motherfucker." But uh,
0: listen, we're gonna have some fun this weekend. Yeah, the, the uh, fight, I, fights are gonna be awesome. Cool. it's a sick card Saturday I saw night it. at the Staples Center. You know, Center. you
1: know, I've been following the UFC since day one, and originally. And when that first came around, it was the Gracie's that put a fucking they took out an ad in a karate in karate magazines mm-hmm. and they said we will Gracie pay challenge. anybody one hundred thousand dollars if they can beat us. Yeah. That's I saw UFC one with Remco, Pardo. and Yeah. Dude, I've been watching that shit since day one. Uh yeah. You know, Have you, know, you been to a live one? No. Oh, perfect. I went to uh who to Douglas Crosby who was a yeah, judge. I know him very well. Doug Doug's yeah. my man. Doug worked with the Cro-Mags. Mm-hmm. uh took me to some fights and stuff and uh in Jersey. Actually I did go to a live one. Uh Jake from Rocks Off took me to the UFC when it was in Newark. And there was fucking fights breaking out. What the, year was this? This was probably like four or five years ago. Oh, okay. In Newark, uh down you know, they they had yeah. a UFC in Newark and and I went to that and uh there was a fight on the main floor that was the best fight of the night. These two <laughs> fucking guys just started, you know. And then when you left, everyone's like, "Yo, come to my fucking MMA school!" Every fucking right. mama Luke got a school and a flyer, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's how I love I love the fu- the fights. My, you know, I've been watching the boxing matches since the seventies. All the super fights, fucking Muhammad Ali and Ken Norton and fucking uh, what was the great one? Hagler Hearns, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get
0: Marvin Hagler on the podcast. Fuck. You know, he's like the only guy that retired clean. He's like, I'm good. It's over. Lost to Sugar Ray Leonard. Lost a decision that a lot of people thought he should have won. Yeah, I saw that fight. He's like this.
1: Done. Yeah, Walked away.
0: No one ever done that. Tommy
1: to Hitman Hearns. Yeah. Boxing used to be like, you know... I just posted a picture of Mike Tyson, Jake LaMotta, and um, and fucking Graziano on my on my Instagram. Wow. Like those three, cause my father boxed that Gramercy Gym, which was run by Custom Auto, which they knocked it down. It was right near the Palladium and all that, so you had Julian's Billiards, which I do a walking tour in New York. Is coming out on. Yeah, Fox. I
0: know. I've seen that before. You ever come saw, it's in like the city, city, man? I'll tour, give you right? a fuck
1: a three hours. <laughs> you ever come to the city? I'll give you a private one. But it's like it's been all over. I've been on the Today Show, a Sunday Today Show, the Times, fucking, it's like the best underground fucking walking tour of crime music and history on the lower east side and wow. we go by that whole where the palladium uh was where the clash tw- uh, september 21st the cover of the clash uh london calling was shot there paul simon on smashing his bass. You had julian's billiards right there all the fucking pool hall hustlers and uh, and and before the Palladium, it was called the Academy of Music. Dizzy Gillespie, everybody played there. And then up the street from that was Customano's gym called the Gramercy Gym. Wow! And everybody, Floyd Patterson fought out of there. If you pull up pictures of uh, Gramercy Gym, you can see there's a picture and Floyd Patterson's working the speed bag. And when that closed, then cut my. And I was just walking by one day when I was with my mom, and she goes, "Your father, because." PC Richards took over the space and they put a plaque and it said, This is where Custom Models Jimmy uh was it Jose Torres, mm-hmm. the world champions, yeah. in all these weight classes. And my my mother just goes, Oh, your father boxed there. I say, What? And yeah, there, uh, it, there is. it is. Look how they spell Gramacy too. G-R-A, They spelt it wrong. Gramacy. Grammusy. Grammusy. Yeah.
0: That's crazy. They spelled is the that name Floyd of the Patterson gym wrong. I think it is. Who the fuck is.
1: is that? It looks, yeah.
0: I think it is Floyd yeah. Patterson. Wow. Old school. S-
1: yeah, so we do this whole thing. We go to... Uh, Tony Danza. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, he to- took some shots, huh? Tony Danza could box. He could fucking... I saw some of his fights.
0: Yeah, he could box. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and then we go by Irving Plaza with John Belushi. That sounds
0: like a lot of fun.
1: Dude, it's Three fucking... Three hours. Listen, I had these four old Israeli ladies come, right? And I'm like, and and all the tours meet in this area. And they're like, we're here for the tour. I said, I think you want the food tour over there. They're like, they show me their tickets. They're like, they're like in their 60s from Israel. They're like, no, we're here for the crime tour. (laughs) They fucking did the whole three hours. They're like, that was fascinating. Like, so in New York and Steve Lacey just texts me. So I'll tell you uh, what the fuck it is. Hold on here. You do these on a regular basis, right? Every week when I'm in New York. Every uh, week. Uh, every every uh, Sunday. So Steve Lacey just uh, texts me, "Where the fuck is it when you need it?" How do you have the time to do all these things, dude? Man, I, I, you know I get I get to bed early. Oh, here it is. So if you're in New York City, August 25th, 6:30 on Fox. It's called there When it When New York Rocked. Rock yeah, soft,
0: rock and roll history, walking
1: tours. Yeah, nice. And if you, the press is underneath it, and uh, That's yeah, so we go cool. to everywhere. We go to fucking the five points, uh and I've had more press. This is actually old. There's do you been, get a kick out of doing this? Is it I fun? I fucking for you? love it. You do it for fun because every week, and I'll tell you, every week you run into these motherfuckers on the street from the old days, and I don't usually. But it's just something about it. I'll fucking do the tour. Like we ran into. um what dudes, um, uh, Mick Jones from the Clash or whoever, oh, wow. dude, we run it and nobody knew because he had a suit on. I was like, Y'all motherfuckers know who that is? Nobody knew it was Mick Jones. I said, Yo, Mick, come on. He's like, Oh, you know, I was like, Listen, I was one of the ones rioting in 81 when you played Bonds. If you go to the, the video Clash on Broadway, I was there, uh, rioting because the, they oversold the club and Mayor Koch ordered the promoter in the Clash to do enough shows. It's called The Clash on Broadway on YouTube, and uh, they ordered The Clash to do enough shows, and the promoter sold something like, I think it was, I don't know, something like 20,000 tickets for a venue that held 2,500. So you had close to... (laughs) 20,000 punk rockers show up in Times Square. The fire department closes the fucking club down, and there's a riot in Times Square. Now, I'm AWAR at the time. I'm smashing motherfucking windows. (laughs) They stop traffic. I'm running on cabs. Fuck you. And then I start seeing people getting arrested. I'm like, oh, let me get the fuck out of here. It's time to go. But yeah, like... And, and then Saturday Night Live, I was on that when Fear played and uh, John Belushi. John Belushi used to come to all the punk rock shows. So we go to all the venues and the famous murder spots. And, like, I lived in a building with the East Village butcher, Daniel Rakowitz. He chopped up his girlfriend, made soup out of her, and fed yeah. her to the homeless. I yeah. lived in that building. That oh, was, wow. That was 700 East Ninth. I squatted in that building. Wow. So it's all these famed, the murder of Abe Lieb- Lieberwall, who owns 2nd Avenue Deli, like, and and famous movies. Then we go to the smuggling tunnels of Prohibition. A lot of shit you saw on Boardwalk Empire. So it's it's a pretty fascinating um tour and i always like the first time i did it uh, and i'll just leave you this it was really funny because i had like 40 people and some of them were from germany so i'm going down and uh fucking uh, we go down to avenue b and i'm i'm like yeah there was a big fucking drug spot here so this huge black dude i know he just got out of prison he's like fucking six five keloid scar across his face he's like yo what's up man the fuck you doing man what's up i ain't seen you in a minute i was like oh i do this tour you know these are all tourists i'm taking them around to all the drug spots and letting them know about the crime he's like word so he gets up on the curb he's like huge dude you know prison bill like he's like let me tell y'all motherfuckers something right now y'all better listen to this man because none of y'all motherfuckers would have come down here back in the day i would have fucking robbed all of you cut your fucking throat (laughs) taking your sneakers everything and they were like and then he's like yo peace my man I'll see you around blood (laughs) clot and they're like you heard these Germans go oh my god that guy was fucking crazy (laughs) so you would see all authentic uh, dude you can't make this shit up I gotta wrap this up I gotta get out of here John Joseph thank Thank you very much brother thank you very very much man we're
0: gonna have some fun this weekend too bye everybody I'll be back tomorrow with Mark Dellegrate cool that was good